on this episode. So back like in 2015, it was like July 2nd or 3rd, or January 2nd or 3rd, fell off a ladder, fucking WWE TLC style, and just riding <laughs> some steps and just completely shattered his foot. I remember he Ouch. fell. Oh. And then like he was like on the floor and he was like doing a status check. Like he moved his arms like, my arm's okay. My neck's okay. And he goes, oh, my foot's fucked. My foot's <laughs> fucked. Then he got up. And like he crawled to the kitchen because he couldn't use the the, the fucking crutches. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's laughing hysterically this entire time. I, I was pretty worried at the time, but then it started to become pretty. Not funny. worried enough to help him walk. <laughs> well, no, because I wasn't <laughs> sure. Let him crawl. Was, I wasn't sure. I mean, he, my dad's very like he doesn't want to be touched. Like he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there. I remember he sat at the table and he was still smoking at the time. And I was like, so what's our exit strategy? My mom looked at him like took a long puff of the cigarette and said. Death. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, she gets it. So at least we have one. Yeah. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and my first co-host is actually out because he's having a family emergency, so Juan is not able to be with us today. And my second co-host is putting himself into a berserk gang trance right now. Hey, uh, sometimes you gotta let go and go berserker, and if you're afraid to let loose, you're not gonna live life. That's that's true. I, I noticed that there's a lot of damage here in your apartment. Oh, no, wait, that's just the state of your apartment. Never mind. Okay, here we go. So I actually, you know, I, I'm a man of simple means. Like, yeah. I'm not living like this uh, great life. I got, a, I got a big TV. That's all I care about. It also Comfort- seems to be the sole source of lighting in your living room, too. That's right. There's no fan as well. Um, <laughs> I live like a homeless person with just a couple of walls. and you live uh, like a homeless person with a home. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. Usually, homeless people would love to have a huge TV and no lighting. Okay? Come yeah. on. <laughs> and today, we have a special guest, comedian Patrick Eady. How you guys doing? It's great to be here on the uh, No Country for Middle-Aged Men. Yeah. Or is it No Country for Old Mark and Juan? Well, we, we rebranded because brand. we added uh, Adam The, the Cohen brothers called like, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> We got yeah. a problem. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, Adam at least has uh, his mattress isn't on the floor. So pr- big props to Adam. I yeah. I'm yeah. surprised. Upgrade. Yeah, it took a while. I had to save up. Finally, been able to afford the, the $40. The I like how you have yeah. a very nice bicycle in the living room that looks like you never use it. Oh, uh, flat tires. Flat Completely tires. Completely flat oh, tires. Yeah, totally non fixable. Uh, Stowed away for sure. Came that way. Walmart <laughs> brand. I did not know it. I bought it at a pawn shop thinking, I was like, oh, this is a good deal. <laughs> Could have bought it brand new for the same so are you price. Saying you need like a professional riding bike for your professional needs. No, like, I've used it like three I, times. I bought nothing but Walmart bikes. I mean, they're it fine for me. really hurts the ass. I'll tell you well, that. Well, that's because you don't have a lot of co- you don't have a lot of callus on that ass meat yet. You got to ride through that. That's don't have I a mean. lot of ass. That's fair. Use some squats. You're like me. You have a no booty like I do. There's I, nothing there. I can't afford to get any more weight in any place. Yeah, <laughs> no muscles getting there, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. Actually, do you guys have a testosterone replacement sponsor yet? Because you guys hey, just hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> you've had him a whole bunch of that shit yeah. and see what happens. Then he'll be like real berserker. Let's imagine yeah, exactly. like, fucking beer buddy in the year. I, I can't nobody, and then I started getting test plus. <laughs> I can't imagine me being like an aggressive person. Like 
Because I have a lot of thoughts. I'm like, oh, God, I, I want to say this, but I'm like, no, what's the point? Yeah. But if I'm like, I have this like rage anger, yeah. like it's, and I'm letting loose, it's going to be yeah, fucking yeah, it's not necessarily burning true. bridges. Well, you might just do push-ups in public just to like burn off some of that steam. I mean, you can be that guy. But I think no, about I it. could not be that guy. You're, 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 you're white. And what do white men do? Every time we get mad, we just like put a quarter in a piggy bank of rage until we explode and the whole piggy bank explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Or I thought you were just going to... Yeah. Or diseases or mental yeah. illness forms. Yeah, well, exactly. How'd you get schizophrenia in your 40s? Well, I've been just running down all this anger. <laughs> like, why do your shoulders always look tight? Are you doing okay? Yeah. Like, relax. Are you tense? Yeah, it's the weight of the fucking world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on my yeah. shoulders. <laughs> you guys don't know what it's like. Exactly. So you can reach out to us on facebook.com slash nocountrypodcast. We're also on Instagram at no underscore country underscore podcast. We're also on Twitter at podcast underscore country. And you can also send us an email at nocountrypodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 346-291-0050. And once again, a huge thank you to Marte and Amber over at Helps2. If you need marketing, hit them up at helps2.com. So Patrick, uh, I did find out you are a Houston native, but what got you into comedy? Well, I started comedy in 2016, uh, and I had broken up with this girl for the first time. And uh, Ooh, she, I feel she, like there's a story there when you say well, first time. Well, yeah, we, we were together for a minute. So this was 2016. We we had gone out for like two years. We broke up, and then like we were, you know how you like break up with somebody, but it's not like it's you don't like stop talking to them completely. Right. So you're still kind of talking to them a little bit. You're like, oh hey, I know you've always wanted to do this. You want to go to this open mic at this place called PJ's, <laughs> and it was, and it's funny because my name is Patrick, but at home I'm I'm Pat Junior. So short, for short, it's PJ's. I'm like, all right, that's kind of apropos. That's like, mm-hmm. let's check out the open mic at PJ's. So. We go there, and it was uh, it was a lot of people on that list. There was like maybe forty people on the list. I sat there for like you know two or three hours, and it was cool because you got to see. I never seen like live stand up comedy before on a local level, mm-hmm. so that was pretty interesting to see. And then at that point, you only know what it is, so you're like, "Fuck!" You know, I see some of these guys I'm like oh, I could do that. You know, that's not yeah. that's not totally out of the realm of possibility that you could be good at that. So I go up and I bomb for eight minutes, but I tell you what, it's a it's a fast five minutes. I didn't stop talking. And I was and I was sweating hard. Did you do five oh, or eight? I did five. First uh, time. It was the first time. I was gonna it. say, Jesus, they somebody gave a first time or eight minutes. That'd be fucking oh, insane. No, no, no. no like, well, I mean, if they brought me with the whole fucking crowd, maybe that could happen. And then, you know, like those fantasy footballer dudes, like, oh, I lost my league, I gotta do stand up. You know. <laughs> so I did stand up there for the first time. And it was I mean, it didn't like. I didn't get like a bunch of laughs, but I did it. I'm like, wow, that was really fun. I need to figure out a way to get good at this. Yeah. Do you remember your best joke on your first set? I remember some of the jokes I did, but of course, it's kind of hard to gauge because I didn't pause for laughter. I kind of kept <laughs> talking. Kept like I had seen this movie where um, the plot was this family went to the desert, and they had an, uh, a special needs child. I believe he had a. It, it was, it was high-functioning autism, I believe. Anywho, oh, so great they, topic for humor. Go on. Well, let yeah. Me fin- yeah, let me, let me go in. And then they go into the desert, and they let their son and their daughter go explore the desert. And homeboy finds a, a possessed like Native American demon box and opens it, and there, there's all the whole movie. I'm like, you know, that movie is basically a movie about shitty parenting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Watched your special needs child, and then them go wander off in the fucking desert. You know, we don't have a film here, and actually I'm better off for it. Then I did that, and then I had something about... Uh, a Jesus Christ workout video where I pantomimed like, uh, you know, oh, you got to dodge those spears, dodge those spears. And it's like, you know, oh, we're curing the leopards. You're like jazzercise kind of deal. No, I asked for your best joke from your first set. Nothing that's used now, but those were some of my, I was like, oh, okay, those might have had something to them, but I, 
they were all act out heavy. I didn't really understand what jokes were yeah. until maybe six to nine months in. So that girl, like, what were her, like, was she, like, all pumped? Were you excited afterwards? Were you encouraged? I was really excited. I remember she said something like, oh, I've never seen you this happy before. I'm like, well, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I need something, like, I guess, to live for. I don't know. It's as I would just work, and I was going to school. And uh, for a while, I wanted to be, like, a metal guitar player, but I didn't, like, plan out, so it's hard to be in a band. It's also hard to be a really great guitar player as well. Mm-hmm. So I found stand-up. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is really cool. This kind of fits my need to kind of, like, entertain on a level. And it's also, again, from not knowing anything about comedy when I first started to knowing a little bit more than nothing now, it's really cool all the different ways you can express yourself and how you can even, you know, just talk about your day, but you could do it in a way where it's set up punchline, set up punchline, set up yeah. punchline. So that's kind of like where I'm at now. I'm trying to figure out like what's my voice in comedy. Um, not necessarily f- saying funny things, but saying things funny, which I know Adam knows it's, nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have to earn every laugh, Patrick. I can't say things funny because I can't make inflection oh, with my just, voice. I know. That's because you're unbelievably boring. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. Very so I have to earn every little every little laugh. It's an insult Patrick's to, paint to have say like, it's like paint drying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This guy, he's got good energy on stage. I'll give him oh, that yeah. good energy. It's really flow, like Luckily, fluid with the from, crowd work. I had that from the jump. This kind of out of the box. I mean, I know. You yeah, have, you did have good energy yeah, back. I know you, you have, have no idea what it's like. To false have charisma. It was, uh, <laughs> you have no idea what it's like to be even like a little bit like. Oh, I have this other. Like I had like you know at least I, I was good at speaking in public. I have a minor in communications. I know all that shit. You know, uh, public speaking wasn't the fear. It was like okay, how do I fucking craft an act? Because yeah, no one really tells you. You kind of got to learn all by yourself. And I kind of fell into a trap where I, for a while, I was kind of pulling too much from my influences. And I was labeled kind of like a, a Anthony Jeselnik clone for a while, mm-hmm. which was fair because I would go for like needlessly dark topics and make jokes out of them. Yeah. But it wasn't like about who I was, what I felt or what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, here's another joke about abortion, <laughs> you know, or hey, y'all been about Andrea Yates or just like all these really dark <laughs> topics. Mm-hmm. And then some, like, some people would like that, but the regular person that goes to a crowd, hey, I just want to be entertained. I'm not necessarily a comedy fan. Yeah. And while this is like funny, like in a group of friends or like-minded individuals, like if you go to a brewery and you start telling them a joke about selling your nieces because Houston's the number one uh, you know, hub for human trafficking, they're like, oh, we're not on board with you, sweaty guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And also, too, I was heavier. And I think in a way that kind of played to my advantage because it made me more sympathetic. For mm-hmm. sure, yeah. It makes you more, so. So if you punch at something, you know you're seen as like you know uh, I I want to be more on the fat angry fat guy side because it's fun. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? An angry fat guy is a stereotype you see throughout you know comedy. They're like oh I've heard fucking like like Tim Dillon. He's not just an angry fat guy, but he'll start railing on something and he'll make great points. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to get on his enraged side because he's a little bit bigger. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At least that's so. My, you're saying that now that you're pretty, your job is harder in life. Oh, of course. Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Again, something getting, Adam will never know. Getting zero, getting zero sympathy for me. Uh, wow. hey, when you have a punchline and a jawline, it's tough. Just oh, God. Not okay. only a jawline, you have a mustache and a look that is straight out of like a 1978 porn film. <laughs> Thank you. It's the aesthetic <laughs> he's going for. Well, that's that kind of goes with me losing weight. So I, I, I for a while, I was uh, I was ordering this stuff off this thing called Five Four, where you give them like sixty yeah. bucks and they send you like wardrobe. So I lost all this weight and I couldn't wear that shit anymore. And I wasn't about to go spend a bunch of money because I was making decent money doing. Wait, AC your work. previous wardrobe was curated. 
yeah. is what you're telling me? Well, not by but by <laughs> a third party. Yeah. I mean, I had a girlfriend the whole time. Relax, okay? That's you true. Know? I mean, How, I'm still doing okay. So she, she I, before we dive deeper into your comedy, does she like still follow you on Facebook? We're She's got to be dying inside. Jesus. She's like, <laughs> I was like, I actually had this. I was cool with this guy back in the day. Now he's having his glow up. And I left at the worst possible time. It's well, like the people who sold Apple stock. Yeah, right before, before, <laughs> before it blew up. Yeah, yeah that's kind of not in a silly way. I mean, like we kind of had things kind of. We were together for like five, five years. Yeah, so I mean, that's a long kinda, time. Yeah, so things kind of naturally kind of broke away, and I, I was kind of like the one to kind of pull away first, and then we kind of agreed to part ways. And at least at that point, I was having a hard time finding motivation just to like stay in shape or this, this, and that. And like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm turning into the vision of Patrick that I think I should be or what mm-hmm. I could be. I'm a big fan yeah, of Yeah, you could definitely talk about yourself in the third person. That's what you can be if you try hard enough. Oh, man. Does he do this all the time? He just stops momentum? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is pretty much Adam. Yeah. He's what we call the king of just derailing He's everything. literally a wet towel. <laughs> <laughs> so we broke up, and at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to become the version of myself that I know I can be. What's that quote? Is like, Hell is going there and seeing the person you could have been. So I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't, I'm, I'm sick of being a fat guy. I'm sick of all this bullshit. I'm sick of not you know, be, uh, succeeding in my comedy career, which I'm still not. But like, it's, <laughs> How you been getting I'm sick like of crazy. all these things, and it's up to me to change them. So I ended up losing a bunch of weight, and then I... I basically just started shopping at Goodwill, which is what you see now. And I'm wearing dead dude's clothes. And let me tell you, they're very comfortable. <laughs> hey. They feel nice. And I, and I guess the whole, like, look thing, because I've been approached before. I like, I like to dress this way. And, you know, we are living in a fucking swamp, so that's why I'm yeah. somewhat tropical. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt the fact that people will at least look at me and be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy who looks that certain way. I don't, I don't, that doesn't hurt me at all. No, it doesn't. At all. So it's like, it's almost like a business card in that sense. Now, it's not my act. Yeah, it's not. I'm not tied to this way forever, but I. I mean, I enjoy dressing the way I do now, and I. You know, I don't, it's something to build off in, in the in in the future. But I'm not like you know. I had a friend tell me, "Oh, you're stuck in a stick. You're you know you're always wearing like a Hawaiian shirt." I'm like, well, no, I. That's why I like to wear. They're always comfortable. Yeah, and it's and for whatever reason, when I wear like real dark colors, I seem more unapproachable. But if I wear like, like a more colorful shirt, have you have you workshopped me. this? Well, I've been asked this question a lot. Because everyone's hmm. like, why the fuck do you, what, what, you trying to just like a 70s porn star, dude? Like, well, no. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a happy byproduct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you got, a, you got a mustache. It's like porn, right? Like, no, you just don't have another point of reference. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> this could be a coach or a dad, but you know nothing about those. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So what, as far as like uh, your comedy goes, like I've seen your, I've seen you do stand up a few times. I always thought you were hilarious. Oh, thanks, Mark. And you're actually a really good host too. I saw you at the Seeker Group like a week or so ago. Thanks, bud. And uh, it does take it does take a special, at least certain amount of comfortable. Oh, damn it! What's the words I'm looking for? You have to be comfortable with yourself, comfortable with putting yourself out there. And I, uh, it, you know, I've seen several comics around Houston. I would say you're one of the guys out there that has a good command of the stage, a good command of the crowd. Like when somebody heckles, you know how to handle it. And sure, it's, sure. It's been it's been really cool to like see you the past few times. And Adam's Adam's killer at hosting too. But uh, like as far as do you have any shows that you run yourself or just you? Yeah, before the um, before COVID kind of shut everything down, we were doing a lot of shows at PJs, and mm-hmm. the plan was to kind of expand. We had the bootleg comedy showcase, which was a lot of fun, and it ended up being like a glorious shit show because the space was double booked, <laughs> and the people that were there were kind enough to kind of like, hey, well, let's work together. They had kind of like an art slash music show, mm-hmm. 
And normally those aren't two flavors that go well together. Yeah. But it was a very receptive crowd, and everyone was really cool. It ended up being like a fucking two-hour show, and everyone had a great time. I mean, That's they tipped awesome. well. I, the one thing I didn't necessarily like is that like they weren't going to ask for tips, and then I ended up we ended up getting like I don't know eighty dollars in tips. So we had to split like fifteen ways. I'm like <laughs> whatever, dude. It's not. A, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. This ended up being good, and I'm I'm fine with just doing it just for a free beer. Mm-hmm. And then those before this even, I would do shows at PJ's. Like we had another show called the Scumbag Showcase, which is a lot of fun. I like that show a lot. Uh, me and Jamal did the Steer and the Queer, which was fun. I like how you said your voice sounds a little hesitant as you're saying queer. Like, steer <laughs> well, and the that, Queer. That was, it was fun. <laughs> but like, you know, that's something we're not necessarily doing anymore. We're trying to figure out different avenues, different things. Because mm-hmm. we had a couple of good ideas for shows that I like to do. Like I said, I ran shows at PJ's maybe like on and off like a year and a, a year and a half. And the big problem with it is it's not necessarily a destination in itself. It's a very cool bar. It's a cool mm-hmm. place. But there isn't like a clientele there all the time that's like, oh, we're here for comedy. That It's like, oh, there's comedy here? And then so to get over that, we'll kind of book some comics who are good, but maybe they haven't had a chance to be showcased yet. Yeah. And they'll, hey, we're going to bring your friends. And like bringer shows are like a, a dirty word in comedy because mm-hmm. they can be scummy. However, I feel as though, excuse me, if you're upfront about that, like, look, this could be a great show. But we all got to invite people. We all got to bring people out. And then we're going to have a fucking great time. Yeah. And I'll go through all the avenues of promoting it. Facebook, Reddit, all these things. And I'll, and I'll and we'll do it pay what you can so that way when they come, if they're having a good time, then they could pay. Because yeah. I was doing shows like a $10 paywall. And I tell you what, man, trying to like charge people $10 and there's like only like three people in there and the third comic's up, that is fucking soul crushing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so I, I'm, I'm past that. I mean... There isn't a lot of money to be made on that level anyway. It's more about curating an experience, making connections and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm I like I like being on stage. So if I can make more avenues to be on stage, that's what I want. Yeah. You know, so but that's and then I'd I'd help run uh, Axarad for a little bit. I would help Jeff Joe and and um Turo. Turo. And then I would help with uh, Midnight in the Box. Mm-hmm. I would kinda like uh proxy host or, you know, just help with running shows and shit like that. Do you Which, remember? It's pretty. It's fun to do. Do you remember the first show that you got paid for, or whether it was whether it was like a couple bucks for yeah, past the bucket? Yeah, it was or the um, first time you made money off it was of the comedy. First time I was booked, it was a showcase at PJ's. It was actually like a year after my first stand-up set, so mm-hmm. I had to sell tickets. They gave us tickets to sell. Was Rich running the show? No, it was Ike and Joku. Uh-huh. I remember the lineup. It was me, Spike Miller, Ashley Bowens. Uh, John Lombard, he's from Louisiana, I believe. I think Koo was on the show. Koo was the headliner. Tremaine Bradley was on. Did I say Spike Miller? Or did yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's Tremaine Bradley, excuse me. And then um, I think that was, there's like three other comics on there, but it was, oh yeah, Nate, Nate Pizzolatto was on there. <laughs> and like, he probably had the best set of the night because he has this closer where like he, he kind of like uh, re- mangles the French theme song and he does it like as like a senior nursing home oh it was fantastic <laughs> I had, like Nath like, he, he had the whole nice crowd guy. like clapping along for the song it was oh it was amazing <laughs> oh, Nath's a fantastic guy he's hilarious I think he's one of the most genuinely funny dudes I've ever seen on stage always doing like real original kind of off the wall shit real friendly um, yeah. I got paid pretty well for always show. wearing white linen pants for some reason again he, he's wearing, like, wearing his uh his wife's dad's wardrobe. I mean, <laughs> again, hey, com- comfort is not a bad thing, man. Let me tell you, it looks good, feel good, play good, baby. You know what I'm saying? Was it yeah. Jerry Rice over here? I don't think Jerry Rice said that. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
No, I'm, he was I'm meticulous all done. By his, uh, I'm all uh, done with the comfort, even though Adam trashes me for wearing yoga shorts all the time. They're the most comfortable things I have. This and t-shirts is all I ever need. Dude, I don't. I, I don't give a shit about anyone's wardrobe. I'm the last <laughs> to call somebody out for their wardrobe. Brad Gray, R.I.P. Uh, pour some out for a good one. Um, used to get on to me. He's like, man, every time I see you, you're a completely different look. He's like, well, pick something and go with it. Because like, I would come like from work back back when I actually used to, have to dress a little bit nicer for work. We got a lot more casual, but like I would come from work, so or I come from the house, and I. I don't give a shit about fashion. Never have. Yeah. We can tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. It shows. It shows. I wish I, if I was smart. You don't even have a current Astros shirt on. You have a fucking Dallas Keuchel Astros Dude, shirt on. Yeah. I'm not paying for a rebrand. Are you kidding me? I wore the freaking brick colored Astros uniform for forever. Just got, I don't like buying clothes. Clearly. Yeah. It's we just not tell. fun. Oh, this was a giveaway. Oh, yeah, this was for, for the playoffs. Yeah. On the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing though, too. I think that's where the, uh, I, I think the Astros kind of got fucked royally last year. I think it was like a very historic sliding doors moment they missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because baseball is such a cruel bitch. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Such a cruel bitch. And it's just like, once you miss that little window you have, it doesn't matter how much talent you have, it's almost like a psychological thing in the back. Yep. I'm, I'm a big Cubs fan. So when they got that 2016 title, everyone's like, oh, fuck, they're stacked. They're stacked and stacked and stacked. But then guys just didn't progress like they would or like yeah. g- gave this guy a huge contract. He doesn't produce offensively. Mm-hmm. All these little things happen. And the thing about the Astros, too, I mean, they have a fucking old as fuck pitching staff. You yeah. Granky, who's great, and so is Verlander, but they're a lap pull away or a growing pull away. And now you're going to fucking have to depend on what, Lance McCullers? Yeah. Well, Lance and, McCullers was legit before he got hurt. I know, but he's not an ace. He's, he might not be yet. He might be. He might be I mean, he's got he had a fucking Again, killer that's, that's curve. That's the problem. Might be. Now we're depending right. on potential and all that shit. Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, granted, the year they won, they had to fucking score twelve runs a game. Yeah. To win. <laughs> and that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like we had a pretty then, good pitching staff that the, year. The we still had to score though, a bunch of runs. The, well, not really. I mean, it was it was kind of like middle of the pack for sure. But then the next year, the first half of the season. The fucking pitching staff was on a historic rate. They had all five starters, so like they were fucking going to make the all-star team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even the next year, you see—I mean, with Garrett Cole, Verlander, Granky—it's like holy shit, you know what a three-headed monster. Mm-hmm. And then it just seemed—I don't, I don't know what it is about the how, how the Nationals got so hot. I kind of written they, them off in the middle of the fucking year. You it, know what's going to be fucking crazy when it comes yeah. out that the Nationals were sign stealing yeah. in three straight years? No, no, this teams is got what caught sign stealing for winning. Yeah. Was doing it. Yeah, yeah everybody exactly. was doing it. That's the that's thing. baseball for so sure. Any little kind of fucking uh, advantage, you take it. Yeah, that's and that's I have, always no been baseball, it. and that's sports. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. that's uh, I, I, I mean, I'm a huge, but fair. Yeah, but like, I also don't like that. So, like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm a huge Astros fan. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I went to a bunch of the games. So I had all this vested interest in being like, oh, everyone does it. But whenever it came out, I was like, ooh, that's pretty bad. Like if I if that was another team that played like if I was like the 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 freaking Dodgers mm-hmm. and I was a Dodgers fan, oh I would be furious. Fuck I mean th- that being Dodgers, said, though. well yeah, fuck the Dodgers. They make so Bingo. much fucking money. Plus they might they also- been in the playoffs eight straight years. They went to four straight conference championships. Four straight. I don't know. The Cubs yeah. had to play them two yeah. years in a row. And then yep. they, they went to two. I mean they. Plus, they, they may have been doing it too. Fucking breaking the book, and it's not my fault. Fucking Clayton Kershaw can't close out a fucking game. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's and Hugh Darvish can't start a game. <laughs> yeah. And then the Cubs fucking signed him. And what, what was crazy about Hugh Darvish though is he kind of like shaked whatever jitters he had, and yeah. then he started pitching like at a historically good rate last year. But mm. then John, yeah, Lester when it didn't matter. 
Well, they were in the playoff race up until like the last guess, week. Then they just yeah. kind of crumbled because Rizzo went out, then Baez goes down. That's the thing about baseball. You couple your main horses go down. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. You have a bunch of killers on the fucking team. You know what was like? You know, I, I should have known something was up in 2017. Like there was like almost eight of the like the starting lineup were batting 300 at one point. Oh yeah, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, and I should have been like, how the fuck? Weren't, has this whole team weren't hitting they comparing like crazy? The uh, the Astros last year in the regular season to the twenty seven Yankees, yeah, because yeah. they had Yuli. Or no, the other guy, fucking uh, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan yeah, Alvarez. Yeah. Man, he fell apart in the playoffs. That's what happened. But, but see, the yeah. thing is, that's baseball. It's like when you. you oh, I've been following baseball ever since I was a little kid, and I'm a huge San Francisco Giants fan. I also enjoy the Astros ever since I moved here. But like the Giants won World Series in 10, yeah, four, 12, right? and 14. Insane. And when they won when they won the one in 14, I was like, I'm probably never gonna see him, never going to see them win another World Series in my lifetime. Yeah. Because that's just baseball. Baseball is hard. Statistically, it's almost impossible to win the World Series. There's a lot of luck that goes into it. There's a lot of just chance that goes into it. A lot of so, money. A lot of money. But like look yeah, at but the even the money falls apart. Yeah, like the, the Dodgers have been sinking hundreds of millions of dollars into their team. Yeah. For the last ten years, and they haven't won a World Series, and it's it's more than just like building a good team. Sometimes, like there's teams that just get super hot at the right time, like the Nationals last year. And when they got hot, I actually I told my brother I was like the Nationals might win it all this year, and he was like, No, I don't think so. I said, Think about it. I said, Every several years there is this weird outlier team that can go on or tear and they win it. And I was like, and I think that's them this year. Plus, they're built for too that three headed monster. Exactly. Yeah. uh, Fucking. uh, But we. It wasn't the batting that kid. I mean, it wasn't the pitching that got us. It was the. They were hitting so timely. Like well, they, they I, I timely thought it was the Astros pitching failing them, especially in that game seven. <laughs> yeah, when they took out Granky. Oh, oh I was, oh. I was, I was furious. I, I, I saw Cole back there. I'm like, this is where you bring out Cole. Yeah, like, what do you got to lose? Yeah, I mean, what, empty the chamber. You could see him when Will Harris. He was came upset. Out, he was you upset. You could see how fucking <laughs> yes. livid he, he was. was. Furious because yes. he was like, let's win this World Series, dude. Let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to fucking. I'm, I'm your main guy. I had a, I had the best statistical season ever by a pitcher, or at least top three. Yeah, you know, let me fucking win this World Series for you. No, you had to bring out fucking Will Harris because you had to outthink yourself at a fucking championship. Yeah. Oh, I will. I I, I was furious in the that moment. That is a sliding it, they, they, when they do the thirty for thirty on the Astros. I think that's what they'll see. Like when the whole thing kind of crumbles down. I mean, like of course I hope they do well. Yeah. But in sports, when someone like that when your heart gets just fucking gutted like that, yeah, you don't recover. No, it's it's it, it is true because like there is a mental part to it, and you just hit this certain point that you cannot mentally recover from. Yeah. I heard a an uh, interview with Will Clark, one of the Giants' greatest players back in like the eighties and nineties, and he said. He, there's a lot of baseball is just mental. And he said so many times he would, whenever he would get into a slump, it was all in his head. He's like, sure. everything would be great. And he said he would have to go to like a psychiatrist or a team psychiatrist. Right, right. And that's why they have, they pay these psychiatrists so much money to try and get these guys in the right, yeah. like psychological frame of mind. But some guys can't ever recover, recover from that. Like the, like uh, Matt Cain, great pitcher for the giants in 2012. He pitched a perfect game was lights out pitcher for the giants in the world series and all through the playoffs came back the next year his first start he gave up nine runs and he was never the same since and it's oh, just yeah. something mental oh, I mean, dude, so much of pitching fan, is getting figured out let me tell yeah. you about a guy named Kerry Wood 
Let me tell oh, you about yeah. Mark fucking Pryor. 22 yeah. strikes. Dusty fucking Baker, the oh. architect of my demise. Which I saw, I saw the, the Astros. I was so pissed with like, that hiring. Fucking... That, was, that was strictly to get the, the writers yeah. off of them. Exactly. Yeah, that like, exactly. Like, everyone likes yeah. him. They're not going to go after him hard. But he's, Let's get this uh, guy in. He's probably a great guy, and he's probably a, a good manager. But again, he's one of those cats who just can't ever seem to get over the hump. No, he's uh, terrible with Cubs, 2003 pitching. Cubs against the Marlins. 2002 what? Giants. You know, it's, he did, also with the Reds, and same thing in 2010. Yeah, he's got a long track record of fucking up. He's great in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, he just does. He makes he, poor he, decisions. He yeah. goes with gut all the time. Right. He doesn't look at the numbers. He goes right. with the gut. He's like, oh, well, this guy's the guy who got manalytics. me here. Yeah. I'm about manalytics. Exactly. Manalytics. Like, oh, this yeah. is the guy I've trusted all year, despite the fact that he's fallen. And this happened last year with the Astros. Like, what's his name? I'm fucking already forgetting his name. Our manager. AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch was yeah. like, Will Harris is the guy who got us yeah, here. That's yeah, the analytics I mean, talking. Yeah, exa- he should have been like, I got the fucking like, dude back yeah. here. Plus, Will Harris had been like getting l- rocked. Yeah, he'd been lit like, up the past several times he'd been in. Yeah. You and when be they able pulled to him pivot. in, I was like, no! Yeah. I, was, I was at Darwin's when that happened, and you could feel the whole... When he hit that home run, the whole city went... I was, oh, at, the, I was yeah. at the game. It's it was fucking torture. Hilarious. I went to game me. six and seven thinking like... Like, oh, I'm going to get a chance to see a World Series win in my own stadium. Yeah. yeah. I was Sorry. so pumped. And then I wasn't even that upset after losing game six. Like, I was, like, still. Sure. Like, I think with age also comes, like, like if I was, like, in my mid-20s and that had happened, I'd been fucking destroyed. Yeah. But, like, uh, and then we went into game seven. Even halfway through game seven, like, it just, it snuck up on you. Like, it was never out of reach. Right. And then you're like, why the fuck are you taking Granky out? That's, he's. He's he was playing a great. Game. Yeah. And then I was like, this is not a good idea. It, and then it, 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 it instantly backfired. Seventh, then he hit that home run. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's with baseball, I find it interesting that, like, some, I, I wonder if it's ego or if it's just something about being a manager or a player. Cause there are times in big moments, like when uh, Cole didn't come in, like me and everybody else I know that has been just a casual baseball fan. We're sitting there going, why are, why is Cole not in here? Because this guy will win us. Like everybody has the belief. This guy has the belief in himself and he has the skill. Why is he not in put, being put in this position? And it's like, you know, it's a physical thing. Or other half of it. It's like they didn't want to risk his, Arm falling off when he's due to get the biggest paycheck of his entire yeah. But what the do you life? think his arm falling? Off? He's already pitched the majority of yeah, the pitches. He's, he's already pitched. Yeah, he would come in maybe uh, for forty pitches. It's if he was going. I mean, look, from I, seven look, to ninth, maybe. I agree, but that was the yeah. only argument that made any kind of sense it, against doing that. It. Doesn't even make sense to me it's though because it's a championship. The, the Giants did that oh, in two thousand fourteen like, with Madison Bumgarner. He came in the fifth inning, threw almost hundred pitches, and closed out the game. And what do you like, have to lose? You have nothing to lose. That's the thing. Are you there to help this guy get a contract, or are you there to win? Championship, but that does build like really big loyalty with your, with your team. And if if Cole comes in there and wins that championship, there might be a, a much higher likelihood that he resigns to the Astros. Yeah. Oh, and guaranteed. That, he was furious. Oh, yeah. Like he, he was, like well, like took his jersey the off the second the yeah. game was over. Yeah. He was. I'd be pissed. pissed too, though. I'm yeah. there warming up. I've had a fucking great year. Yeah. yeah. I'm clearly the dude. I mean, I know Verlander won the Cy Young, but he shouldn't have. It should have won. It should have won. Oh, I agree. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was a reputation. Everything that happened, I was like, God. Damn, I'd be so fucking mad. Because like, how how much of a fucking idiotic decision? Like, this is game seven. Analytics is bullshit. Right. An- Analytics is meant to get you here. Now we have to fucking put our best players, our best horses on the field. Right. That, and that's, that is one thing I like about football. Now, anybody could be anybody on any given Sunday, of course. But it seems as though 
they don't get bogged down in the analytics. Like, we're going to let our dudes right. lose the game. Uh, they don't know. get to the Super Bowl and then say, hey, you know what? I don't think Brady can pull it off today. We're going to sit him down and yeah. put Garoppolo Let's in. put Jared Stidham in there. Yeah. The, championship <laughs> I don't know. the worst call in football history that I can remember was the Seahawks oh, throwing my. on like second down and yeah. goal. When you have Lynch the, in the backfield. You had Lynch yeah. in the backfield, two yards to go, and you throw a slant pass. I mean, yes and no. What Russell Wilson, I think, is criminally underrated. Oh, he's well, great, but he's, like, he's why? But why? One of the top three quarterbacks. Of if it era, was third usually. down, maybe. Like, like I, I, know, man. I mean, like it was. Got, it was also a great play by Malcolm Butler. Usually, oh, he jump. jumped that route. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a, I really, honestly think that's more of a case of Malcolm Butler making a fantastic play as opposed to a bad call. Well, like, the, the, no, it was a bad call. <laughs> it was historically <laughs> bad. Even though, I don't remember. I don't think it was Chris result. Collinsworth. The result. No, Chris like Chris Collinsworth does now. But like Marshawn, that's conventional. If if we think Marshawn Lynch is going to run the ball, Bill Belichick knows he's going to run the fucking ball. But nobody's that's, been able to stop him on short yardage. Period. Yeah, I don't know. But like a slant pack call is a, is a low risk pass generally. Generally, it yes. Works. Over the middle. And then Dude, the play, thing you get tipped. Thing, sure, but you throw it low. I mean, I would trust Russell Wilson. I would say play. it's yeah. unexpected at, I, at a minimum. And but, but even that team, it was you know, it was built to where the defense was supposed to carry it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson it was kinda of like if we score twenty four points a game, we should win with our defense. And mm-hmm. they, they were up, they were down by four. So they're driving. I, I don't hate that call. People give a lot of shit for that call. But it's a pretty I, I terrible could, I could call. see Marshawn Lynch getting stuffed. <laughs> I'm with you. It's possible. It, I mean, it very it, easily. Yeah, it's happen. possible, but it's an endless sports debate. I think it was more so of Malcolm Butler making a great play as opposed to how awful a call it was. It's it, it, uh, he was on one of those lists I watch I watch like YouTube video lists all the time. It was like the best uh like Go to hero yeah. scenarios, sure. and he had gotten like two pass interference, like bad pass interference calls, like in a row or something like that. Like well, in the that, last that couple, like leads the fourth more quarter, credence to the fact, like, hey, let's pass in these fucking guys. True, yeah, yeah but because he true. wasn't having a great no, game he was not. That. You know what I'm saying? That's now now they have fucking Stephon Gilmore and they have all these guys, and like even like last year, I thought their team was pretty stacked, and they kind of just broke Both down fell apart. The yeah, that happens to a lot of people, but. That's the thing about football. Football is even more cruel because, like, oh, we have a great team this year, great team this year. The Eagles are a great example. Oh, great team. yeah. They had a fucking – their right guard, Tilly's blew out mm-hmm. last week. Team falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we lost Watt for the majority of the season. But that's kind of his M.O. now. And we let freaking yeah. Tavidium and Clowney walk Why? for I mean, fucking nothing. That's because Bill Belichick wants to destroy the Texans. Yeah, I, I not agree. Not Bill Belichick. Like Bill, well, I mean, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Belichick Bill and Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. I mean, they're working together. Clowney's not worth $20 million a year. Doesn't He's not worth it, but the thing is – is like you he, had a whole another year. You had another I, year, Ron. Yeah, I, I think Bill O'Brien's awful at handling pre- players, and that's it's yeah. Clearly, I mean, Hopkins, Ra- Ra- Randall Cobb, and Brandon Cooks do not replace. Yeah. No, uh, that oh one guy, Samuels. Oh, what's that? Eric Murray? They signed as a yeah. safety. They're paying him six million, and they're still looking for another safety. Did we lock yeah. down Watson yet? I know that they were working on it. No. Yeah, I, he's going to get a, either a huge extension, but if he walks, you could probably put a, a fork in Texans next. I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like hot take. In my opinion, if I was, uh, I would just leave because the team, you're, they're not building a team around him and he's the guy they need well, to build a team around. Well, go fuck yourself. It, it's it's <laughs> yeah. the truth though. For like for his own like personal growth, I want to see that guy succeed. I really no, do. No, I want the Texans that's, that's, over, I want the Texans to succeed too. I don't give they a shit can't about as long as Bill O'Brien is their coach. That was the argument for getting, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins away was saying that 
Oh, he doesn't Cutting. have a safety blanket anymore. So now we're going to spread the ball around the Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb <laughs> and then Kiki QT, who are all oh. notorious it's, for injuries. And then yep, you have Will yeah. Furl. Oh, yeah. Will Fuller, the Iron also Man. Also, yeah. injury. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, man, you're going to have a whole fucking receiving core on IR. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to have, what, David Johnson carry the whole load? I mean, and I thought they had good value in Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. But like that value is erased now because you're paying David Johnson an exorbitant amount of money. And now you, he has to have. 1600 yards total. Yeah, my only game. argument, like my own, the, what maybe the most upset about what getting rid of Hopkins is why couldn't we get more exactly like t- a, a two second round picks? That's fucking it, yeah, I, uh, you're right. uh, for a, a top five receiver. Madden. Couldn't even do that exactly. Like, that's no. absurd. Like, how it was how bad did this guy hate your guts? Yeah, for sure. That's what it was. Yeah, like you're like, fuck it, he's toxic to the team, like, and and. If it comes out to where he is, like some head case, and Bill O'Brien, it doesn't matter. You could have gotten more at the time. He gets fucking 110 catches a year and like 1,300 yards. Never drops the ball. I don't give a fuck. Antonio Brown. Yeah. He was out of his fucking gourd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just made that shit work. Yeah. Well, uh, the Raiders sure as hell didn't. Well, yeah, that's that mostly because of Gruden, though. And he also ah. tried to force his way out. Gruden, well, yeah, I mean, the, Gruden the, the, and him the, just did not get along. Yeah, that was a fun hard. Oh, box. Gruden yeah. tried Dude, his very Gruden best. He was sucking up is to him. Hilarious. Yeah, he is. Like, not going to be here. Oh God, so good. <laughs> My boss so started good. saying that in our meetings. Like, yeah. just, I'm like, we're not knocking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not John Gruden. You know exactly. Okay. <laughs> when they had uh they had Frank Caliendo come in and do like a that shit was hysterical. Mike Glennon. That's why I knew we needed a quarterback with some neck. <laughs> See, I was excited when the Bears signed him, like in 2016. I'm like, all right, we could finally get because like Cutler was on the way out, and they signed Mike Lennon, and he proceeded to play four of the worst games I've ever. He looks like a fucking AC parts house manager. Dude, that's like the, it's not like, a fucking yeah. NFL quarterback. The best job he had one in of the in grossest is backup quarterback against against the Packers. They snapped him the ball. Not only did he mishandle the snap, he kicked it with his shin, and it goes right to the opposing team linebacker. I was like, how do you... How do you fucking, that doesn't happen in Madden, It's bro. called point shaving. If that happened in Madden, I would fucking sell my game system. Yeah. That After remote is shattered. Oh, yeah. God. They had all, uh, all the whole savior of the city, Mitchell Trubisky, behind him. Oh, you know, my, my God. Poor guys. <sighs> you know, and it's just it's just written somewhere that the Bears are gonna suck. Yeah, the quarterback's gonna suck forever. I remember when they when they drafted Trubisky, I screamed at the TV with my father's going, "No!" Cutler so had like, some good know, years. No, Cutler was great, but again, they never built around him, yeah. and he was a prick. Oh, he was a huge prick. You ever see those memes? Without the, or the World Series? Oh, excuse me, without the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah. Those memes, the uh, smoking Jake, uh, Jake, Jake Cutler Cutler memes. Oh yeah, those yeah. are great. But the thing about, I, I like about Jake Cutler, I appreciate him now in retrospect because he's the like, diabetes. You guys aren't fucking building anything around me. You have a seventh round left tackle. I, Devin Hester's my number one wide receiver. Are you yeah. fucking out of your mind? Yeah. It's so hard to build money. in the NFL. It's nothing happens I get it. quickly. I mean, the years that they had. So after Levy Smith left, they got the guy named Mark Tressman in, and they actually had a really good. They had Brandon Marshall, Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, and then Cutler. Then a decent offensive line. They were second in scoring that year. The mm-hmm. problem is their fucking defense went off a cliff, and they were historically bad. So they were eight and eight. And then the next year, they were just laughed out of the fucking building every game. Yeah, that's a, but that's how it is so much in the NFL. Like you can have a team that goes from. Worst to first with just like great draft picks and health. Yeah. Is especially on the offensive line. I've been like freaking banging the gavel for like invest in offensive line. The Texans? Yes. Yes. They they never have. They they drafted us that's uh, just now. And they had a center like a couple years ago. Center is not a left tackle. We had Brown. He was that was our only offensive lineman for forever. 
And like we just, we're getting sacked at a historic rate. Watson's been sacked. Well, Watson does hold on the ball way he too long. Ball. He plays hero yes. ball. Yes. Right. And he gets, he's going to get, he can't survive on that. You're going to get rocked until you you get a knee injury. Yeah. But, um, but we all, our offensive line has never been a strength of ours since they've been in the league. And uh, it's been a frustration. That's why all of our good running teams had to be like some scheme. Right. To where it was like, even though we had to cover, we had to cover up for our bad players. Yeah. And like that zone running scheme, baby. Give me a little Aryan Fox. Yeah, exactly. that yoga out there in that backfield, <laughs> man. Shit. Now, I, I think as far as sports go, too, I think, I think baseball is the most in line with comedy. How so? How's that? So it's comedy and, and, and basketball as well. So comedy and baseball. Because you're going to lose at least half the time, even if you're well, good. Well, you're Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think when you set up a show, you have to kind of set it up kind of like baseball, except it's kind of reverse. So you got to have a good opener, mm-hmm. right? You got to have some good middle relief, and you build it up for that closer to go six innings at the end. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's your, that's your headliner, right? But then when you're on stage, it's kind of like, okay, I have my go to stuff, which is like a layup. Mm-hmm. And I got a risky joke, I'm like a three pointer. And you got like maybe you play off something in the. In the I, I kind of count like crowd work. That's an assist. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody says something, and I have like some great to come off. I'm like, all right, that's an assist. Or like somebody tries to speak. Oh, wait, steal it from them. You know, you can block. So all, mm-hmm. the mechanics on stage are more like basketball, but like setting up a show is more like baseball. If you ask me, is it just me? Like, so I've, I've been a huge sports fan for a long time, but it's basically as soon as I started doing comedy, like my interest in sports has like plummeted. Compared to what it used to be, I think it's because you have more to live for than just sports. No, I think it's just because I'm out, I'm no, out, I mean, I'm out and about instead of just staying I, home watching the every I single to game. I talk about this all the time. It's like when, like me and Jesse Saldana were talking about this for like comedy or even like I would look forward to the fuck football season all year long because I could invest myself in something, maybe play some fantasy football, yeah, mm-hmm. do something just kind of dive myself into. But now comedy, I'm like I'm diving myself into it all the time, and, I, and I'd rather do a show than stay home and watch a game, even if it's your team. I've I've turned down a couple of shows to watch the Bears. So me and my dad watch every game together. So that's something that I enjoy and something I would like to keep doing as long as my dad's alive. Because like you know you can't replace that time. No. And like you could probably get booked again at Lucky Frogs and Conroe. Well, I don't know. Fo- yeah, that could have yeah. been your big break. Football is <laughs> different than Frogs baseball and, and like you know other sports too. There's only 16 games. Of yeah, football, everything's so more urgent. You, yeah, very true. Like like for me and my like I'm really big into like Premier League soccer, baseball, You're and football. Us. And so like when it comes to football season, me and my brother, we try to watch most of those games together cuz yeah. there's only 16 of them. The other games is like, nah, if we see one, we see one." Yeah, it's yeah, like not a big deal. 163 chances to catch another one. Yeah. Right? But that's another thing too about baseball too. I think if they don't play this year, like it's just another like huge. They are not. Go- they are not going to play this year. They're. They're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. They really and are. They're really taking. Like they're making themselves less likable. Likable. Yeah, they really, like, really are. You guys. I mean, like they, they do. They make it's, more money than anybody. Yeah. And, th- and they should because they play the most. And they they should. The yeah. Most well, it's, place, well, it's not the the owners the ones fucking the baseball. Like, it, it's pissing players. me off because like. Because the owners, the players, like I get it. They do, they want to play as many games as possible so they can get as many game checks as possible. Right. And the owners are like, well, we're not going to be able to play sell tickets to any of these games, so we want you to play as few games as possible, thus fucking the players, fucking the fans, mm-hmm. and sitting on their billions. I get that there's people, you shouldn't be able to buy a team if you can't afford a bad season worth of ticket sales. I'm yeah. sorry. Like if you, these owners who are like super leveraged, but the A's do it every year. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Moneyball for 20 years. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I got zero sympathy for the owners. Like you signed up for this. You yeah. signed up to be an owner. Stop 
fucking being petty and trying to get pay cuts to all your players. Yeah, but at the same time, I'd be like, fuck it, I'm going to save this money. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I get, I get to get both sides. You got to look at the long game. You are, like you said, you're, you're poisoning the well coming off of two straight seasons of controversial, or well, two out of three seasons of cheaters winning right. uh, the World Series. Well, so, like, we'll talk, had, like, you're talking the worst possible time to, to have a, a stoppage. It was kind of two years of kind of like lackluster World Series, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Astros, it went to seven games, but none of the games were like truly spectacular. Right. Like, Not like 2017. I, I thought, well, even then, that, that, series, that series was. Game five was amazing. Fucking yeah, game five was amazing. Ga- game five brought Best the live whole, game. Go home. Uh, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I think the uh, game seven and 2016, not even being bi- biased, but game seven, 2016 World Series was. No, here the we Cubs. Go. Yeah. That was a great game, too. Go back and watch game five. Will, that back and forth insanity. It was fantastic. But was again, game seven, a heart attack 2016, in a game. you had the Indians and you had the Cubs both mm-hmm. trying to break curses. The Cubs go up, like I think, Nobody six to gives one. a shit about the oh, really? Cleveland, Cleveland's curse. Nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> Nobody the cares about the Indians. No one cares about the Astros outside of Houston. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the Cubs. How many movies have the Astros been in, you asshole? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can think of two, you piece of shit. How yeah. dare you? Who get, nobody Indians. outside of Major League fans, uh, the movie, not, not baseball, yeah. Gives a single fuck about Cleveland's curse. No, but you gotta understand too, if, if the Cleveland's won a World Series, they'll be embraced more nationwide than even the Astros were. They're, 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 no, the Astros were so lovable that year. The Astros like, were not, lovable. Not, that year. Yeah, but not anymore. Not, no, not, not anymore. anymore. But like, like that was yeah. a good. I I agree. However, I again I think you Game Five was the reason that series was great. Oh yeah, the yeah. Game Five That's was the insanity. That series was great. There was good games peppered throughout that, and also don't forget about the 2016 series. The uh, they were up three to one or three nothing because they, they had to have a historic comeback even to get to game seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's another. The drama was much higher that year. See, I think you might be in the tank for your Cubs. No, I'm be, I completely. Those are all objective things. I'm talking about the series as a whole was better. You're, I mean, again, you're saying that this the Astro series is better because they won and because of game. There five. were several like. Like extra inning game winners, weren't there? There was like no, there every was game one. was competitive. There was one. There was one. Adam. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There was and then and, and against again having to face that deficit and then game seven, I think it's a much better narrative arc. Personally, I mean, it went to game. It went seven games. The Astros sure did. did, but they won like what seven to three or something like that. Game. Oh, seven. Uh, that, that like I. That was the most stress-free game seven. Yeah. Like, I, we <laughs> at no point I mean. were we losing. I, again, we blew up Darvish in the beginning. I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. And like, at no point were they ever, did they even really, they threatened exactly. one time. Yeah. And that was early on. And then we kept tacking on. And like, I was like, I got to relax. How the series ends, I think, plays overall to the overall, uh, you know, narrative, how good the series was. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, if uh, there was a walk-off game seven in the World Series, yeah, that's going <laughs> to be a fucking classic. There was a walk-off classic. single yeah. in the game seven for the, uh, for the Cubs. Because it was, oh, I don't know if it was, a, it wasn't a walk-off. I was going to say, wait no, a second. They were, in, they were in Cleveland. That's, yeah. right, that's right. But still. And then David Ross hit a home run in his final game as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems was, like a really likable guy. I yeah, bet yeah. you he ends up being, is he, if he's not ready. He's a manager for the Cubs right now. There we go. I was yeah. going to say, I bet he's you he'd be a manager. The Angels. And that, yeah. that, that's all weird, too. I'm kind of, I mean, that, it's frustrating when you have like a bunch of talent and then it just never seems. To, I mean, I'm not gonna feel bad for fucking Yankee fans because they just buy everybody. Yeah, but you know, and, and even Jordan has an interesting parallel with Judge because they both came on like fucking gangbusters and they cooled off because everyone's like, "Oh, this guy can't hit a fucking slider." Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw you fucking. That's what. Oh my god, the most person that, who pissed me off the most in my memory in Astros baseball was Hunter Pence. 
It's like, dude could not lay off the slider to oh. save his life. <laughs> like, you could, if you put like a master cut of yeah. all the sliders he struck out on, yeah, uh, you'd have to like, you'd have to get but some popcorn. He's gonna be there for a while. Sliders. No, yeah, the sliders are hard pitches can't. to hit unless you're Jose Altuve with yeah. the buzzer on your chest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trash can. Yeah, yeah. no. uh Hunter Pence was on the Giants in 12 and 14 right, when they yeah. won those two World Series. And every time he got up to bat, I was like, strike out. <laughs> and he had some good hits and stuff, but he's just a very antsy, amped yeah. up guy, and he likes to swing the ball. He's a good defensive player. He's a great oh, yeah. defensive yeah. player. He's got he's he's decent when it comes to batting. He's got some pop, but he's just so spastic. Right. You, I mean, with him, you, you knew what you were getting. And so it's not like... He's not like an Altuve or a Buster Posey where he's a calm, disciplined guy and he's just going to wait for the right pitch. And you're like, okay, there's a more higher chance of him you know, hitting the ball and getting good contact. He's a mega nerd too. Who? Hunter Pence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's out at a, uh, what's that coffee shop all the time here in Houston when he's not playing? Neil's? No, it's uh, a dang it. It's like a coffee shop and like a place where you go play like board games or D and D and stuff. He, I, I follow him on Instagram. He's when on, during the off season. He's there like every weekend. Yeah, Zach Dick on Zach Dixon's oh, I can't podcast. What it's called the guy who was on it the last week. It's some uh, rapper. I don't know if he's from Houston or San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But he talks about he practices D and D with Hunter Pence and my buddies <laughs> from like the Astros. Like when he first got on the team. He was like a huge World of Warcraft fan. Like, right like th- he would do that all the time. Yeah. And just a fucking goofball. Yeah. Like, he got ran through that plate glass window. Like, <laughs> how, how goofy can you be? But I was not that upset when he left. Like, uh, that was not a bad loss. Yeah. I mean, you said that you probably lost more interest in sports the more you did comedy. The more I do comedy, the more respect I have for baseball because it's so much like timing. And it's like, you're going to go through slumps. That shit's oh, yeah. going to happen. Yeah. If you hit 300, you're fucking killing it. So like, yeah, Oh, yeah, all of a sudden, my baseball analogy about how you're going to yeah, suck when you sometimes, said it, it was bad. not so terrible. <laughs> yeah, but when you said it, it was bad. Like, I was yeah. very eloquent, and I laid it out nicely. There was a certain tenor to your voice I didn't appreciate. <laughs> don't fucking don't come high inside on me, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't want no chin music Just over keep here. Throwing, yeah. keep I don't want no chin sliders. music. Yeah, keep a, throwing at him sliders. Dude, I can fucking hit sliders for days. <laughs> I haven't seen you. No, we're not talking about White Castle. That's actually a better reference than he got credit for. Especially after our topic was like two our weeks food ago. Topic two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so where do you want to go with your comedy? Do you have any like long-term goals? Or are you just trying to see where it goes for now? Well, as far I mean, I mean, like, um, I would like the baseline at least be able to make a living off my comedy. Mm-hmm. So that'd be nice. But of course, like long-term goals, like big goals. I want, I want to be an undeniable headliner. I want to be able to go anywhere in the U.S. Be able to like sell out a club, of course, lofty. But that's of course that's on the vision board, if you will. Yeah. And I also, I'm I'm more or less. I get frustrated because I'm not a very patient guy, but like writing material take patience, but it also kind of, you have to maintain this constant level of being not satisfied. Yeah. Because I have a, you know, I could, I could do 30 minutes, but like, is it all like fucking bang, bang, great hitting all the time? No, it's not. So I'm, that it, I'm trying to always get there, get to that. It's almost an unachievable goal, but I'm always trying to get to that place where I'm like, all right, now I'm a fucking undeniable killer. But even, I think even when I reach there, there'll be something else I'm, I'm kind of go after. And that is kind of yeah. what I like about comedy because it's a, it's a problem I keep having to solve every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's a little bit like mixed martial arts and the fact that you could be on a fucking tear, but then you go into some bar in spring and you run into a fucking buzzsaw yeah. and nothing's <laughs> landing. You know, you just come off like an asshole and you're like, oh, I got humbled pretty fast. Good thing about that is though, as long as you don't get banned, as long as you don't like, you know, get 
take you can't go to that place ever again. You got another chance. Yeah, so, you yeah. dust it off, go up the next day. Exactly. So I, I do like that. I like being able to like get up every day and like earn something. Kind of gives you like a good mindset just for life in general. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this. So I, I do get to work with my dad, and I, and I think it's one of the things that's benefited me the most is like seeing a guy. You get up every day, and it's just the fucking grind. It's we do years. Every day, I don't, I'm hungover. Okay, we got to install today. We got to fucking power through this. Like, I don't fucking want to be in this 110 degree attic. Yep, got to do it. Yeah, so we're getting paid to fucking be here. This, this is a mindset, dude. It's a grind. Same thing with comedy. The more you grind, the more like you put all the everyday consistency, then it starts growing into like a big monster. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That 30 minute act is built by getting that five minute spot on Tuesday, and then a 10 minute spot's 30 miles away. You know what I'm saying? Then you're out a little later, but then you got some work in. Maybe one or two things work. And hopefully, I mean, if it's a good week, you get two to three new jokes. So now that's, that's a really four, good week. That's 45 seconds to a minute and 15 added to your act. Now, how do I put that into my act? Now, you get there. How can I be more efficient in my writing? You know what I'm saying? Instead of coming up with these new topics, how do I go back to things I've already written and then going, oh, here's a callback to this. Here's another tag. Then he started making these small little one-liner jokes into accordions, and now they're taking up something that was like 30 seconds. Now takes up two minutes. Mm-hmm. I have so, a hardest time doing that. I just get what, bored with jokes? like... I, yeah. yeah. For sure. We've seen your act. <laughs> no, just like going back... like. If, I, if the inspiration doesn't hit, like the, that first inspiration and writing that one You have to thing. manufacture inspiration. You can't just wait for motivation to come hit you. Like, it, it is, it's kind of more like um, fishing than hunting. Because, like, like, oh, fuck, I don't like writing this anymore. But if you just dwell on an idea, it might take months. But every now and then, oh, that's a new approach. I didn't think about that. Because you're just kind of like fucking, you're, it's like you're playing with the same toys over and over again. Like, I don't, these don't connect together. This trans- I don't get how this transformer transforms into like a fucking truck. And mm-hmm. three weeks from now, like, oh, okay, you just move this leg here. All of a sudden, now it's a fucking truck. But I just mm-hmm. get bored with that toy. Like sure, I you should see how the audience feels about your toy. Oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> no, it's, it's, pussy, it's, baby. <laughs> p- pussy gang, man. How about some actus extendiondus? Ex- ex- <laughs> yeah, adicius extendus. You didn't have but, to say your punchline. I was trying to save yeah. the audience from that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they're not missing anything. But like, that's the thing. is, like, I find it extremely hard to tag up your own jokes. Like, and or at least should, in your case, writing punchlines, right? Ex- ex- or, yeah, or or acting like I care. But um, yeah, that's like it's a tough thing to do, and uh, not people. Like, I think people don't realize that don't do comedy, uh, how fucking grueling it is to to get a good like you said like a 15, 30 seconds, forty five seconds a week is insanely good. But like I just get so bored with with doing the same jokes whether they're working or not. It's just like. But that's the act, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that, I, I, I get frustrated with that conversation because, like, look, if you've done your act 500 times, you haven't gotten it perfect yet, probably. I mean, yeah, even when you record it, it might be close to perfect. But after at that point, too, like, you know, I saw Gary Goldman a week before he did his hour. The fucking thing seemed flawless. I mean, there was like, you know, uh, every 20 seconds, here's another punch, here's another mm-hmm. callback, this, this, and that. But he did that fucking act. 400 times and he's been doing stand-up for 25 years so you've been doing stand-up for a year and you're bitching about doing your same five minutes i mean as painful as it is to hear oh my god <laughs> well that's the, the times, big, that's the I mean, big factor is like you i don't have, there needs to be patience and you have to just hammer that fucking thing down and then by doing that hopefully you could write on stage come up with like oh i had i had some good crowd work here maybe i could work that into a bit it's, it's always expanding and it's always and a lot of times, too, it's not even the act. It's like facing the audience is a challenge, too, mm-hmm. and trying to connect to them because that's half the battle a lot of times, too. It's not even your act won't work, but you're not connecting to the audience. Right. All these different variables are happening that it may not even be like your act 
know what I'm saying? You gotta go up one day and you realize you're not even working on your act. You're just working on trying to keep the audience fucking focused on you, mm-hmm. and then just trying to intro them into your jokes. You know, and also too, I like to try. Some of my jokes are shorter. I always finagle around with order of my jokes. Mm-hmm. So when you get when you write a lot of jokes, one day you'll figure that out. Them <laughs> when you get like a nice list of jokes, you can kind yeah, of. Yeah, I apologize. Them. Focusing on co- quality here. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one word for it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could finagle them and go in different orders. It's like you know, it's again, it's it's like you know, maybe putting a pitch list together. Like, all right, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hit with fastballs first. I'm gonna try to like I'm gonna throw a knuckleball here, a knuckleball here. But then if you're doing a bar. And they in like you know they want to hear dick jokes. You better fucking build a fort in Dick Joke Island. And just start throwing <laughs> fastballs, baby. Yeah, yeah. you know you got to have that muscle because I, I, that's something I learned as well too. Not everyone's a comedy fan. They just want to be for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Be entertained, and now yeah. you have to be. I, I, especially at this level, we don't necessarily have the right to be like, no, dude, this is my act. I stand by this. You're either into it or you're not. Like, no, you don't have that fucking right yet. You're a nobody. I've you, never you're blamed the audience. I've never you're blamed the audience. Now, there are some cases where it's just egregious and the audience is like, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. You could be fucking Richard Pryor that night. It's not going to work. True, but don't, no, you no. Feel like, don't you feel a little bit more like, I feel like I could have done something to get a little bit more. Every time. More and often like, than not, that's what it is. Because usually yeah. on those shows, somebody has a great set. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's, that's why I, I people who get all upset like fucking audience is trash. I'm like tip. Like I've never yeah. seen it. Like I've seen it where they're really really tough. But if you put like a pro out there who has like, all hitter stuff, no experimental, nothing outside the mainstream, and they get big laughs. Like okay, it wasn't the audience. Yeah. It was like I didn't read the room good enough mm. or they didn't they weren't digging what I had which you know it's gonna I happen saw Alan Adams go out to this place in fucking Pinehurst Texas and like do jokes about like you know um, dark material but it was all working and everything was just like punchline 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 that dude's hysterical he's hilarious and his act is so well put together that like once you kind of get over the hump he can just fucking get him going and now they're on his side with everything you know it's, that's a big part of it yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's well comedy is kind of it's an art form and in some ways, it's similar to music. It's like if you had Metallica opening for Rolling Stone, you'd have two very different groups of people going to a show, and one half would not like it, and the other sure, half sure. would. And so you can't, like, the Rolling Stones go, oh, man, uh, you know, this group of people loved, you know, Metallica, but now the Metallica fans don't like No, it's not that. It's some people, like, I know a lot of people like, oh, like, you go to a lot of comedy clubs, or like, you, you, you know, you work with Adam, or you interview comedians. I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, I don't like comedy, because it's just dick and fart jokes. I'm like, actually, it's not. I'm like, there's a lot of guys out there that make jokes like that, and there's a lot of people out there that don't. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's a great big variety of it, and I tell people, go to a show, go to a club, go to a secret group, go somewhere, try it out, check it out. You're going to find somebody that you like, unless right. you go for one, stay for two comics, and go, I hate it, and leave. For sure. Like, I went, the first time I saw Sandra D. She was with, like, there was a comedian from Dallas and a couple other local people. Uh, Jeff Joe was one of the ones. Jeff Joe and Sandra D just killed it. But I had to wait through two hours of other comedians, and they weren't bad. It was just they were working on their acts, or like they had some fun jokes, or they were new to it. Sandra came up, killed it. Jeff right. came up and killed it too. And I was like, wow, these people are fantastic. You got to like sometimes just wait through it and f- wait for that one that you like. I agree with that. And that's the thing too. It's like when somebody says, dude, fucking rock music sucks now, dude. The rock music's dead. Like, well, no. People aren't coming up to you and saying, oh, this is the best rock music anymore. That's not <laughs> happening. People aren't coming up to you like, oh, these are the best comics. Because comedies, I mean, you, you could go out and find 
some of the best comics out now, like uh, guys like Mark Norman or like mm-hmm. Sam Morrill, like you know Schultz, uh, guys out there, are fucking Big J Okerson, but they're not necessarily on Comedy Central. They're not. They don't, they might have a Netflix special, but they're not being pushed in front of you. Right. You got to do some digging. Yeah, you know, it's like rock music. There's fucking great rock bands out there, but exactly. there's not. You know, there Greta it's Van not Fleet on might every be put radio in your station. face, but like you're just like fuck. I want something else, and you could find that something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, and, and that's the thing too about like comedy, like uh. There is kind of a weird, like, I don't want somebody in front of me, like, if I'm headlining, I don't want to have a feature who's, like, like me. I'd want somebody who's, like, really different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd want, like, you know, MC Lotto, who's a really funny female. Hysterical. Comic, Absolutely hysterical. But that's a totally different flavor than what I do. a huge fan. <laughs> that's totally, I want somebody who's going to kill and get a warm for me, but also a totally different flavor than what I do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, Who is somebody in town that is anything like you, though? Well, You're like. I like to think I'm fairly unique in that aspect, but I wouldn't. I mean, um, maybe Doug. No, well, Doug, Doug, Doug's a little more sillier than I am. I would say because uh, I have more, at least, like kind of put them up, put them down jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can I can do fucking thirteen jokes in seven minutes. You know, what I'm saying because I'm not that fast. But like I like uh, like Brian Biggio is real funny, mm-hmm. or even like okay Michael Vargas. So sometimes that's sometimes I would have a hard time going after him on a show. Maybe not so much anymore, but because we both kind of deal like in dark subject matter, mm-hmm. and his would be really funny and really witty, and he would usually be the target of his jokes. Yeah. Whereas with mine, I would be attacking something, and people are like, oh, this guy's being a dick. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of a hard disconnect. Granted, I that's why I do crowd work with what I do now. So every set's a little different, and mm. the crowd feels like I'm completely interfaced with them. Like this isn't just an act. Like you're here, you're gonna hear. Like my dick jokes are catered to you specifically. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that brings the crowd closer to me, and they feel like they can't uh, zone out or anything like that. Because but then, but again too, I don't like doing like a lot of long setups. I have one joke that has like a 30 second long setup, and I usually do it at the end or don't do it at all. Yeah. I'll tell you, I do a, a decent amount of long setups, uh, which is like a blessing or a curse. Like, you, if you waste, like if you're a joke, you, you do a long setup where it's like a minute long joke or longer, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hit really good, you're like, fuck, I just wasted a minute or yeah. a minute 15. Yeah. I, I think that there's, in the economy of writing, you have to find a way to break up that minute setup with smaller yeah, punchlines. Yeah, mini punches, that's a little really laughs here and there. I mean, because that's... That's one of the good things about like when you do your act over and over and over again, you'll find setups that are a little bit longer, but you'll find like maybe after two or three sentences, oh, I can come with like some offhand comment here and that's a laugh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I try. I try to just break it up. A little small pop, small pop, big pop. And then we're like, you know, back to baseline, small pop, small pop, big pop. Yeah. It's like uh, Andy does that thing where he even says it on stage where he's like, he said he makes some comment and he just has a little pause. He goes, asshole. And he's yeah. like, that's a great tag for a guy in comics listening. That's a great tag. Those things, like I do a joke about like uh, my mom, like about being listening. Yeah, my God. (laughs) So I do like a joke about being ginger, and Mm -hmm. like I I am half ginger on my mom's side, and I'll pause for a little while, like fucking bitch, and it gets a pop just because like it's yeah, it's kind of unexpected. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's a misdirection. That's what we call on the business. Yeah. (laughs) But like that stuff, like I can, I, it's a lot easier. Like you said, when you're working out on stage, to add that stuff. It's adding like whole new different branches to jokes that I think is just hard. I wish it's time was, consuming. I wish at there were more places in town where you, they would just give you like 10, 15 minutes, and you can kind of just like fuck around a little more. Mm-hmm. But there, that'd be awful for the audience. So it's an open mic. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, I thought about doing that do at that. Liberty Station. An open mic? No, like to where it's so it's not. It's like. It was well, 10 minute sets for everybody, I think, but I thought like maybe I'll have two people do 20 
And then uh, they would do that with the Thought Bubble show with Zod and Trey. And I think like, okay, not everyone should get that opportunity, but I think if like if you get booked recently enough and you have you know you're doing well, then you should be able to get like an opportunity. Hey, here's 20 minutes. Fuck around with it. Do some new stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was talking to Drew Hallway uh, the other day. Like it would be an awesome idea. I mean, it'd be awesome and terrifying at the same time. Doing an open mic where literally the rules are you have to do all new material. This has to be all new. Whether it's a month, like a once a week show or once a month show, I don't it's know. It's impossible to police. It is to an extent. I don't like, even listen to all the comics. Me neither, like but like, it's yeah, it's to impossible police. to police. But at I least you, you could at least can encourage it. A brand new showcase, something like that. But then also too, you're gonna have. I if mean, if people aren't gonna treat it right, to guarantee the quality of that show. Oh, well, like, oh, it's definitely. I mean, that's part of the appeal though to the audience. I think yeah. is like this is the first time these jokes well, are ever that's being what told. They do with the impromptu show though. That's kind of yeah, but that's thing. like it's not writing. That's like yeah, you're that's just like stage. yeah, making up you're on the spot on stage. Yeah. But when you have an unfinished idea, you're hoping like okay, let's bring this idea up there, and I can just fucking I can hump it over the edge and we find a punchline. But you know that's I mean that's I mean that's what uh, Carrie's show uh, too soon. It's all it's all supposed to be topical, and but yeah, some but people they give you a month of preparation to fucking do that show. Yeah, well, too. you don't have to sign up to do the. The show every week, if you don't want to, or make it a once a month show to where it's all it new is material. A once a month show with new no, people. I'm I'm saying this idea to where it's all a comic doing all new material. But it seems like they've shied away from that because some like people weren't doing like they would add, like this would fucking infuriate me. Oh, so I, I, was, I got something in my mind. There was a, <laughs> there was the crowd work show and mm-hmm. the too soon show where people would ask to be on it and then too soon they would just do their fucking act and not do topical jokes. That shit got popped and, on Yelp. And the thing is, too, I was on that show. That was an unfair Yelp review because Carrie came out and was doing topical stuff. They just didn't like it. I know. Exa- I had. A I know exactly who night. they were referencing. I like. I read that because I read that quote. Like, yeah. I was like, I know exactly who they're talking about. And that. And, that and it was one hundred percent true. But that was just that one comic on this whole entire show. Exactly, and it was a fun show. And it was a time when they had. They said Little Mermaid was going to be an African American, mm-hmm. and Zach Dickinson had Little Mermaid. Oh, I love L-I-L. Zach Dickinson. He said Little Mermaid, and that got like a huge pop. That was great. He is fucking hilarious. Yeah, he is. He's, he's one of the nicest guys too. Great podcast. Right? Hysterical podcast. Great like, podcast. Voice. Like I, I'm like Adam. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> he's like. Well yeah. He's like the most likable dude. Like oh my god. He's and he's Again, really funny. Completely unlike Adam. I agree. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it to him. I, I, then, I can uh, recognize other people's skills. Like and that dude is just like, comes across as like. Instant likable. Sure, he's yeah. real nice, real friendly, clever guy. And the, but, and the uh, crowd work show, they did the same. Somebody bumped me on the crowd work show and then did their fucking act. And like, look, I, it's hard to do ten minutes of crowd work, but don't sign up for the fucking show. Yeah. If but then again, I've seen that show, and then they try to do crowd work, and then there's nothing pops. So you gotta go down with your slog. ship. You gotta go down. But with like the ship. at the same time, just just some people. Not everyone's good at crowd work, and I get very that. true. Yeah. But again, this is like it's if you're gonna go down the ship, just get off stage. You know, you don't have to do ten. Yeah, minutes. Call, yeah, exactly. You, know what I'm saying? You, know, you can do five, and it can be bad. Okay, you tried. It's all right. You know, that's why the you know. Apollo was onto something. Yeah, he flew too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't even know what black clubs are. He's like, he doesn't get those references either. Either way. Either way. But uh, yeah, it's like it's, it's crowd work's a lot of fun. I think it's an underrated skill set. Get shit on sometimes. Like that's. I like the uh, the aspect of it to where the audience knows that they're involved. They're, they're part of something new. It's mm-hmm. always new. If you're doing crowd work, like routine crowd work to where you're, it's formulaic, that's not as fun. Well, that's not. There are ways. But the thing is with that, though, like if you've been on the road for 20 years, some things just work and you just kind of figure that out and you could always bring that into another, uh, another situation. So that's why some things get 
built into the routine, even though they're like they come off. Oh, that, that's completely spontaneous. Oh, you called that guy? I think right. somebody has a bit about somebody with mustaches having being boogers in them or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's something he's worked over years and years and years. And so I even with when I do crowd work, there are certain things that I'll say that I've said before and I know will work, but I don't bring them about like in a form, formulaic way. Right, which you is know? important. And I think with crowd work too, it's a good way to like you can make it to where it, it fills up all the dead time in your set. Like, oh, here's the setup for this show. Hey, well, sir, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, you ever think about this? And then you do that. Now I, I, he's included in the setup of my joke. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's got a bathroom. Oh, Adam's got to pee. Yeah. Yeah, get that little baby bladder. No, I'm good, dude. I'm good. Yeah, Patrick has nothing but liquids to drink. Oh, yeah, man. We're, <laughs> we are fucking, we got Gatorade, coffee, water, and Coors Light, baby. Rehydrated. <laughs> Is it just a battle between the two diuretics and then the Gatorade in the water? Right, yeah, I guess so. I mean, as I, I was getting like, I've been getting cramps real bad, so I was like, man, I gotta start getting more. Uh, I like the Gatorade Zero a lot. I'm trying to cut low on sugar. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think a regular Gatorade has like fucking 40 grams of sugar in it. It's got mm-hmm. so much sugar in it. It's, I mean, ridiculous. it's delicious. It I'm is. Still. And the Gatorade Zeros aren't bad, but I've noticed too, it's like you're walking around. And I started running again last week, and man, my calves were just like cramped, cramped. all day. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. So that was rough. And then, my dad's got gout real bad, so I'm just like, if I don't Ooh. drink enough water, that's gonna come to me. But yeah. I don't like I don't like drinking as much dark beer as he does. So, mm-hmm. so that's why I switched to Bud Light, man. I got all that gout, <laughs> all that gout, man. Yeah, all that gout, and no toothbrush. Yeah, with what you do, you really have to stay hydrated because you're. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm plus too. It's like uh, when you're in an attic, you have to think. Mm-hmm. So, like if you're if you're not properly hydrated, or even if you don't eat, like you're, you're going to be up there a little bit longer trying to figure out something that's simple, but you just don't see it because like you're out of sorts in a way. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one thing I've learned too is that, that parallel between like air conditioning and comedy is that it can always get worse. No matter how bad it might oh, seem. Oh, yeah. It can, it, can, it can just completely descend into a hellscape yep. at the slightest, you know, like, oh, like, oh man, I've already like lost like 20 pounds of sweat. Yeah. I can't get to this valve and you put your fucking drill down. Then it goes down the, the attic steps and then it puts a hole in the customer's wall. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, we're talking about work? Yeah. No, a buddy of mine, the guy my dad works with, he is an HVAC company. And a few times he's needed extra help and he's like, hey, you want to come help me on like a weekend? And I'll go help him. And I'm like, I don't understand how you do this. All the time, but my dad, he's like 63 and he doesn't. He's like, man, 65. So, yeah, on the truck <laughs> all day. It, no, the, so, what's, what's going to happen when, like, when he retires? Is it like your business then? Uh, that's probably the plan is me kind of like step, stepping in. I'm, I'm like, their, I'm their retirement plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I'm like, all right, that's what you guys want to do. I mean, yeah. Should have invested in Tesla if you had Yeah, like jokes on, <laughs> jokes on you. Yeah, yeah. How many gold chains or faux gold chains does it take to get <laughs> you an RV? <laughs> Man, that'd be really funny. This is a visual podcast, Adam. Yeah. That's okay. God damn it. Missed again. Yeah. Well, actually, mask? it's good. It's not a visual podcast because between Juan and Adam, we wouldn't have very many viewers. That's fair. Wait, how are you going to throw me under the bus? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Adam doesn't own a mirror in his apartment, unfortunately. <laughs> Would you Look, see I don't, my, I don't rely on my looks, okay? Oh, no shit. It's my glowing personality. That's one word for it. <laughs> yeah. There it is. No, I'm, I'm, uh, as far as business goes, like it's... My dad always says, like, I'm going to retire the... Uh, he doesn't even talk about retirement. He says, I'm going to work up until the uh, lunch on the day of my death. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was something I'm trying to work into my act because my dad, the reason I'm in the business is because I, I went to school for a computer science degree. Mm-hmm. So I have a major in computer science, minor in communications. So back like in 2015, 
it was like July 2nd or 3rd, or January 2nd or 3rd, fell off a ladder, fucking WWE TLC style. <laughs> and just riding to some steps and just completely shattered his foot. I remember he Ouch. fell. Oh. And then like he was like on the floor and he was like doing a status check. Like he moved his arms like my arm's okay. My neck's okay. And he goes, Oh, my foot's fucked. My foot's <laughs> fucked. Then he got up and like he crawled to the kitchen because he couldn't use the, the, the fucking crutches. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's laughing hysterically this entire time. I, I was pretty worried at the time, but then it started to become pretty Not funny. worried enough to help him walk. <laughs> well, no, because I wasn't sure. Let him crawl. Was, I wasn't sure. I mean, he, my dad's very, like, he doesn't want to be touched. Like, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, get there. I remember he sat at the table, and he was still smoking at the time. And I was like, so what's our exit strategy? My mom looked at him, like, took a long puff on the cigarette and said, Death. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, she gets it. So at least we have one. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> then ever since then, I've been kind of helping out with the business, and that sucked hard learning on the fly because he was like in pain a lot, and like I, he'd be like, "All right, you want to take Y one and then put it to Y two so we could test for high speed." And I'm in, a, I'm looking at a, in an attic. Uh-huh. It's 120 degrees and it's just a bundle of fucking wires. I'm like, why the fuck are you talking about wires? I, I see a yellow wire. Is that yeah. the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. And so, people are notoriously patient when they're in pain. And yeah, that's that <laughs> not irritable at all. Dude, yeah. That shit sucked. I mean, having to just learn all that shit. I mean, because a lot of times too, like I went from like not doing any kind of like, you know, manual labor as well. Like, like even like turning a fucking wrench. Was, yeah. You know, it's, it's a skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screwdrivers, a skill. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't come out the box learning that shit. So it just like a whole summer of my day is being disgusted with me being like a fat ass, not knowing how to fucking <laughs> use tools. And after a while, like, okay, it's like, you know, we were in super high intensity training, the shit training. And after every day, I got a little better, a little better. And then now I'm, I'm, I'm all right at it. I'm decent at it, you know. But even now it's still... Some things are it's air conditioning's hard. It's a lot, it's a lot of things you can miss. Really, yeah. it's, it's a lot of nuance. To a it. lot of a lot of stuff. I'm a construction supervisor, right. so so much is like the little details and the little things that you overlook. That's what always gets you called back is oh, the little sure, thing man. you overlooked. And that's the thing too about like even like new homes. It's all like, what's the cheapest shit we could put in this place? Yeah, and let's get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And then. People don't necessarily understand when you have to go in and like rebuild a whole new thing. They're mm-hmm. just like, well, I mean, this seems kind of expensive. And then they, a lot of times, what frustrates us is like, we'll give somebody a bid, they won't take it, take a lower bid. Then we're back there a year later trying to unfuck somebody's fuck yep. story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's so paranoid now uh, with every contractor. It's like mechanics. They, they think that you're trying to fuck them. And it's like, well, exactly. I mean, but, uh, that's why you have a license, though, so they could come and they could report yeah. you for doing said things. But the, the average person knows. I mean, it's impossible to know everything about everything. And it's, it's mm-hmm. even hard to know a little bit about everything as well. You know, For sure. And that's the thing about being an AC contractor. You've got to have to know a little bit about aesthetics of the house, airflow, plumbing, mm-hmm. electrical, how things are going to fit, you know. There's a lot of things that go into it, and that's and even like putting in like you know grills and shit in people's houses. Like, women get really mad if you fuck up their nice wall with a new return air grill. Oh yeah, they'll get fucking pissed. <laughs> My dad told me they were doing an install at this one lady's house, and it was the last thing they were doing. And he had the husband there, and they they picked a spot out, and they were about to finish the install. They're putting in the return air, and the guy's wife comes home. He's like, "What the fuck are you idiots doing?" It's chewed out. My dad chewed out the husband. Install was fine. But they never got called back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He's like that fucking idiots ruined my wall. Even though it's something you need, but they yeah. don't. You know. You know well, what's crazy is like I think most the majority of comics work like at some form of day job. Not all of them do, but a lot mm-hmm. of them do. It's crazy. Like you do a couple jokes about your job, like maybe one or two max. 
but I, I can't think of anyone else who really talks about their job at all, which you're is not weird. Really supposed to? Why? Because everyone's the image got that you're a stand-up comedian, and even the oh, jokes really? that I do about it. I'm, I used to work with my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't say I work with my dad. The, the wording has to be right, mm-hmm. and, and even the joke isn't even about air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really do jokes about air. Like it's a kernel of truth, but then like I kind of finagle it into something funny. And that and that's the thing too. It's kind of hard to relate when you have a specialized field. Like, hey, have y'all ever been out to a two story house and the sub cooling ain't right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that doesn't I don't give a fuck. Like, it's like, so I was putting in a zoning system, right? And I was in this person's attic. Like, I don't care, man. I don't fucking care at all what that means. Yeah, you it's know? not as relatable for sure. Like, I've tried to do bits about attics because attics are just terrifying. Unless mm-hmm. places where people like just throw all their shit up there, people are like, oh, I don't care, dude. You know, yeah. they smell funny. I don't, they're dark. I don't want to be in them. I don't want to hear you talk about them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you, what do you like? What's your stance? Like, so I've had, that's one thing that I've changed my opinion on almost like 180 from six months ago to now. How do you feel about like works, like workshopping jokes with other comics before trying them on stage? Yes and no. I usually have an idea and I'll text it to a few buddies because a lot of times my writing style is like, it's, it's I'm good at crowd work because usually, Right off the bat, I'll get something in and it'll be good. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. great. I'm not very good at tinkering with shit over a long period of time. So I'll have like the basic structure thought out. Now I'll text it to a friend, like, oh, yeah, this idea is funny. Mm-hmm. Idea. So I have like four or five people I text. I don't put it in group texts or group chats because it's just impossible to get to. And then a lot of times, too, you'll. You'll get almost like too many people's opinion, and now you're paralyzed. Plus, everyone's giving you opinions in their voice. Exactly, that's my opinion. Like, I'm gonna stop doing it. Like, until I've tried it on on stage, unless I just want to like just get it out there. Until I've tried on stage, I think I'm not even gonna send it to anybody. Also, two comics have a much higher like standard. Like, oh, I wouldn't say that. So why should you? Like, that doesn't. That's not funny to me. So why the fuck would you say that? Exactly. I have a a higher threshold of hilarity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's it's rare. Now, even when you have a good bit on something that a lot of people talk about, you tell the other comics, like, oh, that's kind of a hack premise. But if your punchline's original, now you have something special because if you have something that everyone talks about, but it's an original take on it, that's a good bit. Yeah. You know? I just think it's, it's if, it, if you find it funny enough to write it down and remember it for a set, at least try it once at an open mic. Sure. I mean, that's what they're for. Right. And you just never know because people will will give you advice based on their voice. And it's so like, some people can remove, remove that a little bit, but a lot of people are just like, no, I would say this. I'm like, yeah, you would say this. Yeah. That makes sense yeah, I, for I, you. I and I do day. it myself. And that's why I had caught myself. I was like, wait, that's, I'm only giving that advice. Cause that's what I would say in that scenario in yeah. my pacing and my voice. Like that doesn't make sense for them. I usually send jokes if I want to figure out, like, I want to make sure, like, the target and everything is well-conceived. Like, hey, right. I, this doesn't look like I'm being too mean to somebody, is it? Or, like, does it... Is this it isn't going to get me canceled, is it? Is it <laughs> yeah, is it clear that, like, this is... I'm still... Have some sort of moral high ground when I'm still shitting on something? Because mm-hmm. you need to be, like, you know, you can't be punching down. You want to punch up, of course. And you don't want to seem off like a prick. So a lot of times I'll kind of test, like, hey, does this come off as fucked up? What do you think? I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's usually what I, and then I can angle it on stage. Yeah, a lot of times, the, the times, the only times now, just moving forward, that I've been like really ask people ahead of time is if I think a reference is too obscure. Like, yeah. Like, does enough, do enough people know what a bussy is? Or, or you know, Gorgon. Or Gor- I should have asked that. <laughs> 100%. That joke was atrocious. Um, but uh, I liked it, but like, I knew, like, I, I knew going into it, I was like, this is not going to be a, a killer joke, which should be a good sign to not do it. Yeah. yeah, but I plowed through, um, and it got the exact reaction it deserved. Hey. Um, 
But like, if there was like a, a show based solely on nerd humor, still it might be work. able to. Yes, <laughs> still, uh, still. <laughs> and now it's a running joke in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even the nerds are like Gorgon. What the fuck he said? Who was it that called, called me out on what a Gorgon was? It was Lenny, and I was right. Yeah. It was Lenny. I like and her. Yeah. She, I almost made a joke. I was like, wait, she actually listens to all these. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Go ahead and say the joke, please. <laughs> no, she seems like a great person. <laughs> See how red with Thank you for her Adam service. <laughs> He's almost the same color as his shirt. Yeah, Adam's yeah. like three cores lights in, ready to get wild. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Gorgons now. You don't disrespect me in my house and my Gorgon jokes. <laughs> how do you feel about like drinking? While, while doing stand up, obviously, you don't want to get nobody wants to get too drunk. This would be a fucking disaster. I like, um, so, you want to feel the fear at all times, but I also like being uh, my favorite stand up sets that I do with my like I'm just fucking around with the audience. Like, hey, you're in my garage, I'm holding court, we're just having a good time. So, to replicate that, I'll have a couple drinks, you know. I don't, again, there's a place where you'll you will have diminishing returns because mm-hmm. you get a little too drunk. Some people say, I don't like to drink at all before I go on stage. If I have a lot of new stuff, I want to be sharp. I probably won't drink that much. Mm. If it's something that I like, have, hey, I'm gonna be relaxed. I know the bits. I know the pitches I'm throwing. I have a couple, couple beers, a couple of vodka and sodas. Just get loose, you know, because you're trying to get into that flow state. A lot of times, if I'm anxious and like that, you know, one drink will kind of take that away. Mm. Generally, generally. That's it. As you both take sips, <laughs> uh, he's drinking coffee. Yeah. Like I said, when you were off the air a couple of seconds ago. It's the battle between the di- two diuretics and then the Gatorade and the water. Man, I'm going to piss like a racehorse after that. <laughs> I've not, I, okay, here's the thing. Juan is not here. Juan drinks ridiculous amounts of liquids. We finally met somebody who drinks just as much liquid as Juan does. Yeah, he's it's got incredible. A I'm a high-performance machine now. <laughs> there's, a lot of go- there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a lo- living the life. Yeah. So what's the next step? What do you think? Like, how many minutes do you think you got solid? I can do 30. 30? So I get to 45. I can't imagine doing 30 minutes. I've done it, I've done it a handful of times now. The longest I did was that uh, was, I was just, I was host lining because mm-hmm. I did a, it was an open I, mic and it was at the end and I was just like doing crowd work for like an hour and a half. And that was fun. But as far as like an actual book set, I've been booked to headline about seven times. And the longest I did was like 54 minutes. If you're going to host line, I like the way Victor does it with Hump Night. Like, like he'll have somebody else host. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just pick some rant, like some comic to host, and then he'll be the closer. Like that's the well, way to do it. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's, but it's like, headlining. So I, but he's still putting the show together. Yeah, uh, they, I, I, anyone I, who somebody he's hosting and then closes it out is just weird to me. If you do it to where you just do ten minutes up top and they're still around, I mean, you could do that. That's, that, what, that's what that's what I would suggest. As long as you don't do fucking thirty minutes up top, dude. Don't do thirty minutes up top. No, don't. That's bad form. It is. Uh, and the, the, I remember the, the one time, the first time I was like, "Patch, oh, this Patch guy's going somewhere." Was that Seeger Group? And he did a show. I can't remember what show it was, but this really the crowd was awesome. And he was just the 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 show was over. Everyone had gone up, and Patrick's like, "Hey, I'll just keep fucking with y'all as long as y'all are having a good time." And he went for like a fucking hour, just riffing <laughs> on all kinds of random shit. The audience was obviously like on board, or else you know, that would have been tough. But like, yeah, that was fun. That was a secret group up in my yeah, exactly. It was like, it was like a, I want to say December twenty eighteen. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I remember that night. That was fun. That was, I, I didn't realize I even went that long. And I was just kind of fucking... I was always like I've been good at crowd work, but I'd always been nervous because it can always go sideways. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do a set where like somebody might be watching and then it goes sideways because of shitty crowd work. Did you, you record know? that set? 
I think so. Good. But Let's a lot see. of it was a lot like, of interesting stuff could have come of it. Even if like a fraction of it turned into a thought for a joke. A lot still of it was me doing work. like talking to them and then going to a, maybe a bit that I don't do a lot. Mm-hmm. So some of it was prepared material, but it was stuff I don't do all the time. And it was just figuring out different ways to get there, kind of getting the crowd involved. And because that's that's usually what I try to do. Like if I if I do an extra time, I'll do some of my B material. And that way, if it doesn't work, I'm like, ah, well, this is all fucking free anyway. So you got to dig out right there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like you already seen all the A plus shit. And this is <laughs> this is the <laughs> second team, baby. Playing cleanup. But I, I, I like that. I can... In fact, if I could, if I was just doing crowd work on stage, like I've somebody's told me, it's like, man, you should probably just do that when you're on stage. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's always it's kind of lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So you got to have the act to fall back on. You know, I would like to go up on stage, get booked for 45 minutes, just fuck around with the audience for like an hour, and then it go well. I would love to do that. That's a lot of fun. Nobody can do that. Some people That's do. That's insane. Some people do. Uh, there is a like like a. I know Scoville kind of does something similar to that. I've heard rumors. Is he the guy who, he like, the does. rumors of plants in the audience? No, that's Steve Hofstetter. Oh, Hofstetter. That's a- and that's like, oh, comedian destroys Heckler or like you know, yeah. all those videos. But there is a the thing is, if you do stand up comedy for years and years and years, there's thousands and thousands of gigs. So there's going to be nights when you're on and mm-hmm. you can do fucking 45 minutes just fucking with the crowd. Mm-hmm. A lot of what Dave Chappelle does, he writes on stage. Well, he's it's Dave an, Chappelle. But again, but like, you know, you kind of earn that that trust with the audience and you earn that ability to do that. Jeff Garland talked about doing this. He's a Larry. Did David's you watch the new special? Jeff, Jeff Garland I special. I, I heard him watch. I, I listened to him talk about it. And he said that like the, uh, the real art of stand up is like me being able to go up there and just like improv like 45 minutes. But the craft is the act and you need to be able to fall back on the craft of it all because you need to be, you need to be entertaining tonight. You have to be entertaining tonight. Mm-hmm. Where, where they paid money to see you. You have to give them a good time. You know, and when it's there and you're on, it's fucking the improv. It's working, but you're not on all the time. You're just not. Yeah, that's why, I mean, crowd, that's why being crowd work is tough to do. I mean, a lot of guys who do crowd work, they're on even on the porch and they never turn it off all the fucking time. And that gets annoying. There's a the time and a place, but also when you have certain groups of friends like the riff around, you're kind of always building that muscle and you're always riffing. So it's like a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the act to fall back on. Because if you're gonna fill 45 minutes. You can figure out you do like three minutes of crowd work and you're like, they ain't fucking with this. Yeah, you gotta, like, <laughs> that's the like thing. This. Yeah, you, you can't, that's why I was saying, like, I can't imagine somebody being able to do that every night because there are some nights that, that well, you, get, you, guys, get, you just get people in the audience that just don't want to participate. They're just not into it. Look at guys who record a special and then two weeks from now they got a headline at the improv. In all actuality, not everybody, but if you think about common sense, they probably don't have 45 new minutes hammered out, right? They mm-hmm. probably got 20. Maybe, maybe 30. But now I got to fill that extra bit of time. So now I'm going to talk to the audience. We'll fuck around. And people, like a lot of times, see when they come to see you, they want to be fucked with. They want oh, yeah. you. They want to be picked on. They want to be included. Because now they got to so, like, yeah, we went to the show. And then he called me a dumb piece of shit. The comic was great. You know? <laughs> like they, 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 like they, you picked on me the last show like four times. <laughs> oh, I, <did>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember what I said. You were making good. jokes because I was on a date. And you were like, oh, oh hey, yeah. this guy's still here. Mark and Precious. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kept going back there and kept going back there. And was, at one point, was her you were, name Precious? Yeah, or her name she was looked Precious. like the girl from Precious. No, her, well, she, both. No. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, folks. 
Oh, it was actually pretty magical. I remember that. Now that's, it was hazy at first, but now we're, the pictures are coming more and more clear. Yeah. I remember that. I think I was a back of the bus open mic, I believe. Yeah. Y'all, were you all there for Droughts and Laughs? Yeah, we were there for both. Yeah. We stayed till. I ended up getting a surprise guest spot on that show, so that was fun. That was good. Yeah. I will say this about Patrick's crowd work that is a key thing that I wish people would, would all utilize is he never goes in super hard on somebody. Mm-hmm. It's always lighthearted. You can tell he's joking. Like he's not like just going going to destroy somebody, yeah. right? Or and he's good at like if somebody chirps up at him, just kind of blowing it off. Yeah, because hey, like you gotta be more likable than that asshole. Exactly, be more hateable than that person. It, turn, and I see I, and I well, see I've that happen that, more I've made time. That mistake plenty of times. I've I, I've been doing. I've done plenty of sets of guava lamp where I'm trying to get to a joke and someone's like, and I they yell and I'm like, shut the fuck up. And like, anyway, so this dick joke. They're like, all right, no, that'll ruin a room and almost it, every time. You can't. Go in hard on people because it shows that you've lost control of the room. I'm not. I'm not a substitute teacher. I'm a comic. You exactly. I'm I'm, I, we're here to have a good time. I'm happy you're having a good time. Let's see if we can integrate the two. Um, the last time I had somebody who was just like outwardly obnoxious, it was like uh, I think two or three weeks ago. I was hosting the open mic in secret, and I and I said let's start a USA chant or something, and somebody was like boo, and I said shut up pussy, <laughs> and that got a pop, and then he started like doing like this drunken mumbling. And that was like, okay, take a step back because he's just swinging wild and I could piece him up. Exactly. I, I don't have to get in a shouting match with him. I just have to let him dig a hole for himself. Exactly. And the best advice I've heard at Handling with Hecklers, it was a guy named Sam Tripoli. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a great stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. He had this biz like, if a guy starts speaking up at you, the first thing you do is don't engage him. You engage his girl. Mm-hmm. And you start asking your girl, is he like this at home? Does he do this all the time? And you start digging a little deeper. Now he's a little bit. Now I've separated the two. They're not a unit anymore. I've separated him from his woman. And now I can kind of, and now they're just friends. Like, oh, so you came here alone? That makes a lot of sense. And now, like, you know, you start, now you got all these other branches you can start hitting on. Mm-hmm. And again, he's, he's, he's more unlikable than me. Let's keep that going. Yeah. I don't need to fucking call him a stupid piece of shit and how dare you to speak because now I'm an asshole. You have to, if you're going to go hard in any way, you have to give them so much rope to hang themselves yeah. that people are glad that you're going hard on this person. But even then, it's almost not worth it. The, the best, like, destructions, I guess, of hecklers are like, so somebody, it's like when you just have something just like, so innocent and sly, like oh, kind of like this, and then the the crowd will let you know when you destroyed somebody. Exactly, you don't have to fucking think if you like if sweat is dripping off your brow and you're screaming at somebody. There's that uh, that Mark Maron bit where he talks about he had to go up after Bill Hicks mm-hmm. and he's screaming at the audience. He's like, I am a fucking poet. And some little old lady said, Well, tell us a poem then. <laughs> 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 that shit makes me laugh because like you really can't take yourself too seriously and then when yeah. you start like screaming at people like you know you're getting in their ass like you're a high school football coach you're taking yourself too seriously you mm-hmm. know that's really all that is yeah and, and that, ener- that energy comes across so obviously too when you can tell like a comic's really like fired up and angry to their core yeah and like you, you can't let, the, let it get to you that much and it'll, just, it'll fucking poison the room I, I think if when you are ang- like it's fun to have that anger but if it's like at a stupid subject you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you, there's some inanimate object I could point my rage to, not yeah. like not like the woman speaking in the front row. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's that's not a that's not something where everyone can get on board. But if I'm talking about like you know traffic or some, some minor inconvenience, like those guys are getting real riled up about this. This is fun. You know, so yeah, pick your spots. Yeah, if, if my experience, like I said, everyone's voice is different. You never want to ruin a room, though. For, oh, for sure, no. And and that's what I was saying earlier. People who like blame the room like, yeah. on the mic. It's like, oh, this is a fucking dumb audience. So like, you guys just don't get it. Like, 
Ugh, you're fucking the next comic so yeah. bad. Yes, yeah, so no, there, there are times like I've done like uh, I've gone like a, com- a, a, a what's it called? So, admittedly, maybe the joke wasn't that great, but it was like a college town. And I did like a politics joke, and they didn't like it. And I'm like, oh, I thought this was a fucking college town, and that'll get a pop. There are sure. some things you can kind of dig your. Yeah, but that's of. the whole purpose of saying that line is to get get a pop yeah, or get yeah. people. It's I'm talking about people. Work. Yeah, I'm talking about people who were just like. Was like fuck you, y'all don't get it. My jokes are genius. Yeah, fuck. Uh, oh, you mean pretentious people? In yeah, that's great. <laughs> exactly. It's a weird oh, concept. You, you mean egomaniacs and sociopaths <laughs> in entertainment? Whoa, <laughs> weird man. Yeah, people in comedy, oh, fucking, boy. it's a whole different monster. Yeah, definitely is, and that's why we have this podcast <laughs> because we get to explore that monster. Yeah. The minds of the insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Criminally insane, some of us. <laughs> That's Great Slayer song. Great Slayer song. <laughs> so you used to do a, a Facebook Live uh, show that I was a big fan of. Big fan. Uh, Dangerously Uninformed, where him and, and then Chuck Justice joined, where they would just kind of riff on like a caricature mm-hmm. of like almost like an Alex Jones S. Yeah, it was like right wing satire. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fun. And it was a good time. And, I, and that's something I'm probably going to bring back at some point. I did. I did. I did kind of like doing it. Uh, you know, doing a solo is a little bit easier because of the character. It's like. Have you thought about doing that character on stage at all? It kind of. The thing. It's kind of. Um, a lot of the nuance is lost. I think a lot of people maybe think I'm being serious, and if I start screaming about globalists or breaking the conditioning, the whole thing mm. kind of came about because I was listening to this band called the Alex Jones Prison Planet. Oh yes, <laughs> I know it's them. So fantastic! <laughs> it's so hilarious because it yes. fits so well. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, Alex Jones it is insane, but a lot, in that insanity, there's little nuggets of like, okay, that's actually kind of true, and this yeah. is kind of true, but like, you can never out really say that because then you completely delegitimize de- yourself yeah. and you're demonized. So I'm like, okay, there's comedy in this. A lot of people don't want to. And I, and I saw this crazy kind of like screaming guy, and I'm, I'm just talking about, I got my pocket constitution, I got my healing crystals, and guess what? We're fighting against air. It's a war on air. We're fighting yeah. fucking COVID 19. <laughs> and you start riffing, and, it, and that's what I like. That's when I'm at my best. When I just got something, and I just take the ball and I just start running, whatever it is. And then I just, I just like to go, and then like people will comment and they'll answer dumb questions, whether it be like, oh, what's your favorite dessert or some shit like that. You know, mm. you answer in the context of that character, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But then you start adding more people to it, and the, and then we're both doing the same character, and then it gets muddy. You're like, okay, that's this now it's getting lost. Like this is being more serious than it is just satire. And mm-hmm. like you know, I, that's why you can't answer the questions literal. Like you can't answer them, address them the, literally. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you had to go with this character, or else it's going to be like. You'll take people in and out of that character. And I, I would dress like I would wear just like a fucking suit vest and nothing else and like a tie. I would look ridiculous. I would try yeah. to make it seem as ridiculous as possible. <laughs> Coming yeah, into wrestling music. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, as over the top and as silly as possible. That's what I wanted, and that's what I think is funny. Because I, I, at no point am I taking myself seriously. You shouldn't take this seriously either. Right. And everything that we're doing, we might even broach some serious topics, but it'll be try like a more comedic spin or and that, and that's the thing too. I. I don't buy a lot of mainstream opinions on a lot of mainstream topics. I think that's that's all right. You can have a dissenting opinion, mm-hmm. but you should be able to listen to everybody and co- codify and, and like you know quantify your own code mm-hmm. of ethics. Mm-hmm. And also in that character, you could say some things and do some stuff that like you know I wouldn't normally say, but it's just fun to say. I mean, do I think there's a ruling class of elites controlling everything? Probably. Mm. But I'm not going to talk about that in my stand-up because like I don't want to get I don't want to get bogged down in this shit. But if I have a character about it, that's fun because now I'm free to I could call out Bill Gates, call him a Satanist and a lizard person, you know. <laughs> I can call out fucking you know, 
I can call out all these people. I, I could rail against the globalists. I could break the conditioning because I'm the host of dangerously uninformed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dangerously uninformed. <laughs> Say the name with me. Okay. This, no, this isn't information. This is complete offshoot. This is shooting from the hip for an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's bullshitting. And that's another thing, too. It's like, I, I don't like putting out things that. I don't. I wouldn't want to listen to it. I felt the quality of the show was hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe just doing forty-five minutes would be better. But even talking about everyday subjects, like I would talk about, you know, whether it be like you know COVID nineteen numbers or just like different things in the news, it's hard to kind of come up with different takes on that shit all the time. Sure. You know? And that's the thing too. If people want to listen to news, they'll listen to whatever news they like. And a lot of times, people would listen yeah. to it just because they want to hang out with me. Don't you, know? you think it's yeah? Don't you think it's a little crazy? Speaking of kind of like the, you could joke about some stuff. Like you don't go into kind of your own philosophy a whole lot on stage because it's kind of like a minefield. Isn't it kind of crazy how there's only really one opinion that's allowed to even be joked about in comedy? Like if you touch too close to a nerve on anything, whether it's even making fun of people's oversensitivity or or anything like that, you kind of have to tiptoe around it and be clever about it. Or else you're like they're like oh this guy's of this 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 yeah. leaning like fuck him. I think and it was a dog whistle. It's like oh this guy if he's saying that he must believe this. So that's but is it crazy? That's, that's how, like the the, that's the definition of silencing like dissenting it, opinions. That's the thing. The thing is though too. Even then, like, he's walking on HLs even talking about this topic. It's like something see on a podcast say. that nobody's gonna listen to I know <laughs> hey, hey, if, if you get even an ounce of fame someone will listen to this shit yeah and then done <laughs> oh yeah I've said things about Israel previously <laughs> and Greece <laughs> and Greece and, and single, single mothers, mothers. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with Adam Randliff yeah. or Comedy Hub <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Eddie. What you got to understand is it's like people want to be entertained, and a lot of times when they f- hear any kind of like trigger word, they're going to feel a certain way about Fuck it. Fuck them. I, but that's comedy now. That's public. It doesn't have now. to be. It doesn't have to be. There aren't, en- the, the only way that changes is if you Chappelle. reach a certain level. Yeah, there are guys you could see the conversation a certain way, but you have to earn that right. You yeah, but. To, yeah. I remember what I said earlier, you're just an entertainer. I don't give a fuck about your dissenting opinion. I don't give a fuck what your. Uh, you know, very detailed philosophical output is and these nuanced issues. Mm-hmm. Tell me a fucking dick joke, redhead. Well, even still, right? you know, I agree. <laughs> that, that, but that's where you're at. People don't give a fuck. No, it is, doesn't matter how big you are to an yeah, extent. To, to a lot of people, you if can have Chappelle, If even Chappelle came out with anything remotely right wing, he'd get shut down. He had been. And that mm, was no, he did some non-PC himself. stuff. But he definitely you, didn't have anything usually right wing. To be right wing. Remember when Trump got elected and he came out, hey, let's give Trump a chance, and he did mm-hmm. that chance, and he got fucking raked over the coals for that. Deservedly so in some circles, whatever you would believe. Or that, even, that's even the thing. It's like that's such an uncontroversial opinion. That, but that's so how. Like I think that the, the discourse in the world has gotten so toxic. Yeah, the Overton windows moved very left, but that's yeah. just how it is, yeah. and that's. It's not a it's not a good sustainable place for comedy. No one said it's going to be sustainable, but that's that, the, the things change all the time. Things get shaken up with what it was. I, I remember I was watching Family Guy even from like ten years ago, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I show gets away with murder. Man, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Damn!" They said some shit that was just fucking crazy. I was like, I "Can't believe they said." Like, Only oh, cartoons is, can get away with that shit. This is on fucking TBS. <laughs> Only like, cartoons can get away with that shit. Because yeah, again, it's it's the absurdity of it all. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times, a lot of people. Will, Maybe take stand-up comedy too seriously because they'll get like all their. They, uh, we we come from a generation of kids who have almost formed all their political opinions from stand-up comics. Yeah, pretty Whether much. It be yeah. The Daily Show or Stephen Colbert, 
or even uh, guys in that arena, or uh, Bill Maher. Or guys I'll like still that, love Bill Maher. But but that, it, it, so I love him because he's at least fair. He's fair about everything. Like every he has a he has his biases. He admits his biases, but he's he calls out shit on both sides. Like he's at least fair. I, I, like I said, I, there is a way to have a. The, the thing, if you have a dissenting opinion, though, and then the only thing that comes out from it is that it just hurts my fucking checkbook. Why would I say it? So I'm trying to make a living. No, that's, I agree. It has to be funny. I, I understand. It's like even there's just too many. Like we're, we're adding a new third rail topic every week. And it's like that. That's just that much more stuff you can't joke about. You can't even say a word like uh, the, without somebody's like their fucking well, the, radar the, is the, up. The thing is though, too, the way to get around that too is if you just kind of joke about yourself. And if you have a, a joke about yourself that somehow integrates into that topic, then you can probably get away with it because it's from your own point of view. Now, joking on it just from like your own worldview, people are like, "Well, fuck this guy. Who is he? I don't know mm-hmm. who the fuck he is." That's why they say they write comedy that relates to you about how you feel your worldview mm-hmm. and like, you know, how it affects you in the world, because that way you're almost always speaking from a place of, you're not punching down on things, you're punching up and it's from your own perspective and you're not talking in a line on shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you might broach a subject that might be controversial, but you're kind of talking out of school and, there, and there's a lot of different opinions on it. All of a sudden we've, we've kind of split the room. Granted, you can have some opinions that split the room. Like you could say, you know, God isn't real, right? You dumbasses. Like, you know, you could say that easily and you're inside the loop. It's not a big deal. You go to Pinehurst, Texas with that same joke. That's gonna, actually you know, a good point. Yeah. There are some controversial opinions that aren't controversial anymore. But people will say them like, oh, I said that. Isn't that, you know, huh? There are some things you can just say and they're culturally acceptable because they're seen as punching down. How do you feel about dark comics, quote unquote, that just say stuff that's unadulteratedly... <laughs> Not funny, but it's considered dark, so that it gets away. I, yeah. I agree. There, there. I, I mean, I, I kind of fell into that trap when I first started doing comedy. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a dark comic, dude. I'm just gonna broach all these subjects everyone's afraid to talk about, dude." <laughs> that's so stupid, and that's a very um, self-important way of looking at it. It's like, "Oh, I'm gonna tackle the tough subjects." I'm like, well, let's tackle yourself first. That's a tough subject. Talking about yourself is hard, and doing dark jokes. There is an art to them. Like I said, there's a lot of funny dark jokes out there. I mean, they may not travel well all the time, but there's a way to do them. But like to say that you're a dark comic and you specifically dwell on dark subject matter, you're really limiting yourself. And you're really just, I mean, a lot of times you're just trying to see what kind of fucked up shit you can get away with. Yeah, it's just I, getting I, all grounds. I've done shit like that. You know, I've done bits about like a ne- necrophilia, you know, or fucking Andrea Yates, abortion, you know, goofy shit. But really, I had no... I didn't offer anything unique or, or spectacular to the conversation, but I thought it would be a good punchline. It just didn't work. It didn't connect with the audience. You know? that, that now, Pat said, the Rat, on yeah, the other hand. I was going to say, I have a joke about sharing needles with a rat that I'm a big fan of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's going it's to be my magnum opus one day. Well, that's, the, that's something that it's universally relatable. Heroin needles with rats. But again, though, that's again, you can nobody's even, confused kinda, by the fact that you're both named Pat. That's not you're confusing. Kinda, you're kind of giving away the punchline a little bit, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit because there is a jo- that that it, is it, part of Adam's thing on the podcast. He gives away typically one of the comic's best jokes. Oh, well, yeah, it's, 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 the thing it's a joke that worked <laughs> no, and it was like kidding. it was set up punchline. And then I was like, well, if I make a story about this, I can make a story about anything. So it's like yeah. more of a personal challenge, and it's it's dark subject matter, but it's I'm not punching down on anything. It's anything. I'm the butt of the joke, so I'm sharing fucking heroin with a rat. <laughs> Who would fucking do that but a loser? This yeah, guy. yeah. Right I here. mean, heroin's not cheap. Can't be wasting that shit. It probably is. I don't know that running prices for heroin are, but it can't be more expensive than you know. 
You can't look exactly like a drug dealer and make a comment like that. <laughs> I just did, Adam. <laughs> spike that fucking football. I just did. Don't spike the ball. Act like you've been there before. Oh, no, I'm a big like fan Barry of Sanders. I'm a big fan. So, well, Barry exited uh, early, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Walter Payton's better anyway. Oh, yeah. sweetness? Sweetness. Walter Payton. No, yeah, you don't have any horse in that, uh, that, that oh, yeah, it's Walter or Payton dog in that way. fight. Walter Payton's mm-hmm. the greatest football player who ever lived. There you go. <laughs> What's your favorite football team again? Guess. The Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. The Bears. <laughs> and the source of pain. How did your dad feel about that, that uh, SNL skit where I they're just it, ripping on Bears fans? But it was hilarious, though. I mean, it was, it was I mean, because uh, Bob Odenkirk, I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They live in Chicago, and they're like, let's do a fucking bit about how these crazy fucking sports fans, like, down here in the mean streets of Chicago, I.L., yeah. <laughs> where, where the streets flow with old style and meat gravy. <laughs> Are you a Bulls fan, too? I enjoyed the Bulls. I honestly watched the last dance documentary, maybe more of a basketball fan, maybe going, God damn, Michael Jordan was Dude, such I mean- a baller. He was, but so such tough. a prick. Of course, but that made me like him so much more. Fuck that him. made you like him more? Way more. Oh, I hated him. I mean, no, yeah, he's the best of all time. LeBron James looks sipping on wine, talking in a barbershop. I'm like, this is completely unrelatable. I mean, as far as like after a game, you drop 40 points, get four steals, seven assists, and now you're fucking smoking a cigar, drinking a Miller Lite with Scottie Pippen, just talking about the day. Mm -hmm. What a fucking man's man that guy is. (laughs) Oh, he's he's a man's man, but I wouldn't want to know anyone like him. Well, that's because you're not a fucking winner. No. <laughs> and you're never going to be a winner, Radliff. Okay? That guy was like ripping off Doorman in his to arena. Too, but that, there is, he wasn't ripping off Doorman. He, he did rip off that dude. Uh, he knew what the results allegedly. were. Allegedly. <laughs> like, Scotty Pippen backed that up. Pussy. Okay. Hey, aren't you an Astros fan? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you can know what pitches are coming, but not what's coming. Whatever. Well, I mean, the, you still got to hit the ball. A price to be paid for greatness. There is a price yeah, to be for paid sure. for I agree winning. with that completely. And how nobody was like Belichick to go farther than Michael Jordan to win. That's why he won the championship. Plus, nobody he was is amazing. Willing again, he had he that too. Played, and you could say the NBA might have been watered down at his point. But Carl Malone was a great player. You mm-hmm. know, John Stockton was a great player. He's surrounded by great. Fucking players. say Elijah Warner, I'm kicking you out of this house right now. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, <laughs> That's those other asterisks in Houston history. You mean the two most forgettable NBA champions? Jordan was back in the league the second year. He was dropping 40 a night. Don't tell me he was fucking tired. Against the magic, yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) The the Bulls won kryptonite with good centers. Yeah, we know what keeps it. I would have... I I actually, to be honest, to be honest, I'll live with the people I was talking shit and the fact that we won. Mm -hmm. Then if we have gotten to that that chance to actually play against Jordan in the finals destroyed. and got yeah. and destroyed or even just lost. Yeah. A ring is worth so much, even if it's a tainted ring or, or yeah, yeah, a watered down ever, ring. So the first, over. the first Rockets ring, Jordan wasn't in the league. Right. Like I was too young to even realize it. The second year Jordan was in the league and people just, that's really unfair okay. that they okay. go so hard. Again, but he came in like a fucking like two weeks before the playoffs. Dropping like, 40 a night. Yeah. But not even in his prime. Space. So what? But like you're not. He's in baseball shape. That was such a horse. That was that was one thing about that documentary that pissed me off. What do you like, mean? Like oh, you gotta you change your body. Adam, you're not good at either. What do you mean? 
Dude, <laughs> there is a completely different skill set to basketball. Look at and his baseball. numbers. A completely look at his numbers. To <laughs> no, I agree. Basketball. I agree. It's a completely different workout regime. regime. I agree. So, if but he was if, dominating when he got back. If you're hitting in the batting cages for like eight hours a day, that does nothing to help your shot in in you know in basketball. It does nothing to help your explosiveness on the court. I completely agree with that. That's fine. But he was great when he came back, just as good. He had look flashes at his numbers. of greatness when he came back. Look at his numbers. There. He was he had, a no. stud. Again, look at his numbers again, and you'll see he has flashes of greatness, but not the sustained well, that's his, greatness where he was That's before. his career in a, in a nutshell. That guy was a volume shooter. I mean, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Best player of all but time. No, but again, efficiency wasn't that big of a deal in the NBA back then. Yeah, because you were scoring 85 points a night. Well, yeah, because you have your, your horse and you ride your horse. You know, I mean, you have <laughs> that's, It's just flawed logic. What do you mean flawed logic? The reason those teams were all... How many championships did the Rockets win? Two. Oh, they won two. Oh, how many did the Bulls win? Yeah, they won. They won oh, wow, six. three times as many. With flawed logic, no less. Now, imagine if they <laughs> no. had the right logic. <laughs> no, but... They would have won eight straight, right? <laughs> Probably. But, um, <laughs> no, like I, like I said, I'm not trying to, to take away from his greatness, but like, you let somebody shoot that high of a percentage of shots and they're not the most accurate players in the world... Like okay. that's uh, that's why all the NBA was scoring take, uh, 85 a night. Russell Westbrook for 400, Alex. No, yeah, <laughs> Russell that, Westbrook is hilariously inefficient. Oh, I agree. So that's why I, was, I wasn't have, happy about getting him. You still have those guys who are superiorly inefficient now, but now the, the game is corner threes and all that shit. That's what the you game don't is see now. any teams averaging 85 a night. Well, yeah, but I, th- I think scoring. I think I think basketball players are better than they were. 20 years ago. No, it's just a different... Everyone plays no, differently. They used to just drive it to the star. Drive it to the 12. star. Give it to the star. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, on the block. The entire... But you you think with the generation of players who've been shooting the basketball since they were fucking eight years old. There's a difference. It's like quarterbacks are better now because they've been playing fucking quarterbacks since they were nine years old. They no, have, it's just more acceptable to shoot threes now. It's more no, acceptable... It's built into the game plan to shoot more threes now. There's exactly. But what you're saying is... That I, I'm, I'm saying that the skill levels of these players is higher because their teenage years, they've been through specialized training. They've been through AAU basketball. A lot of them specialize in one sport from a young age. That's uh, true. Quarter, quarterbacks now. Why is Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, these guys right out of the box, Lamar Jackson's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Why are these guys seemingly playing at a veteran level already? Because they've league. had hundreds, thousands, and thousands and thousands of reps before they even got to the league. Passing league, all the okay, rules. It's a passing league. Fuck over Mitchell the defense. Mitchell Trubisky can't fucking succeed in the passing league. There's still guys who cannot succeed in a passing league. Okay, that still exists. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, all rules favor. It doesn't the matter offense. if the rules favor if you can't execute. Okay? True. So you need to have the skill. I mean, I think there's definitely something the skill to level AAU needs to be there argument for the rules to benefit you. If you're a shitty quarterback, I don't give a fuck how. Start on the fucking ten yard line. You're still not getting to the end zone. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit how many rules are in your favor. You have to execute. Same thing with basketball, in my opinion. That was you have to take more high percentage shots. There's more skill level involved. Ball handling's at an all time high. Playmaking's at an all time high. Three point shooting's at an all time high. Why? Because you don't have guys just taking up space in the middle of the fucking lane. Straight up defensive maulers don't exist in basketball anymore. That's true. Bill Lambeers don't exist anymore. The mm-hmm. fucking bad boy Pistons would get smoked now because you would just fucking shoot threes around them all game. Yeah, okay? but I the game's so- completely changed. The physical aspect of basketball, where you can just beat people up, is gone. So now that you have that gone, you don't have to train on beefing up your fucking body when you can just train on dribbling, playmaking, and shooting all the time. Same thing with quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Yeah, there needs to be a, a self-correct where there's not so much ticky-tack foul calling, people yeah, taking but charges. The people watch nonstop when there's offense. Flopping. That's, that's, what brings, that's what brings eyes to the game is offense. Dunks. Yeah. People, but, people aren't going to watch three-point shooting highlights. Yeah, they do. Watching, Steph Curry, uh, like, fr- in, in, like freak three-point shooting. Steph, Curry that. Changed, Steph Curry's probably the most influential basketball player in, in the world because it lets anybody know I don't have to be fucking 6'8", 280 pounds and drive to the basket to be a professional ball player. So, yeah, he's destroyed threes. more dreams than anyone. What do you mean? He gave people hope <laughs> so they get shattered because his one-tenth one of one percent ass makes it look easy and he's like average height. He's actually, like what, 6'2", 6'3"? He's not as oh, short as people think. Yeah, so like this guy is not like a midget. Well, for a professional basketball. Plus, he's players. The, like the best yeah. shooter of all time. Like, yeah, his yeah. stroke is insane. Yeah. But so like he's like I said, he's the fluke. Like Jeremy Lin is a good shooter and revolutionized <laughs> how people play basketball though too. They said, oh, we can just shoot three pointers, like shoot fucking thirty three points a game, and if, even if uh, ten of those go in, we're, we're already that's like you know yeah, three counts more than two. Hey, you got it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it blows my mind that people weren't doing that earlier. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because they probably didn't want to waste possessions. They probably thought it was yeah. a waste Yeah, it's because they were old school thinking. They were old school thinking. And like, I was like, we're going to play good defense. We're going to attack the rim, attack the basket. And plus, if you attack the, the basket a lot, you're going to get a lot of fouls. So you get three-point plays that way, too. One thing that... And then you guys got like Derrick Rose who just get fucking eaten up mm-hmm. doing that. So One thing that absolutely infuriates me about Dan Tony systems for as long as I can remember watching him. And the Suns were fun to watch. But it was a constant problem with them too. They don't give a fuck about rebounding, and it drives me insane. This break, like run on the break before you even get the ball, garbage is not a way to win championships. Period. I wish the listeners could see like like a five foot ten pudgy white dude just talking about how mad he is that they don't rebound. <laughs> they ain't out there rebounding like they should. They're over here just shooting three pointers like some goddamn fairies. Yeah. Not getting in the paint and rebounding. You got to do the work. This guy has seven it's, foot confidence. I'll give it to him. No, it's absolutely like it drives me crazy. And I I I, I was upset when we got Dan Tony. I was like really upset we got. Uh, Westbrook, I'm like, what the did, fuck did, are we did doing? Did you like fucking blow a capillary in your brain when they traded away Clint Capella and just went full small ball? Yeah, I was furious. I was furious. <laughs> We're not winning a championship anyway. Don't worry about it. That's true. Well, when, the when NBA they, is coming back. When they did that 27, like, you know, 0 for 3, mm-hmm. when they shot like, 27 missed threes in a row, which was like, God damn, what a <laughs> fucking, what a, a historical ass kicking that is because that's impossible yeah man that if you, just, if you just would have made four of those 27 they would have won the game yeah <laughs> they only lost by like nine points man even with chris paul being injured it's like that's a they have a, an all and that's that's one thing about and we would have taken too. out the fucking warriors too <laughs> and now it's never gonna happen no it's impossible yeah. like fucking durant left and fucking everyone's hurt now yeah it, it, that was that was that was the toughest sports loss in a while no it's pretty bad no, you and I talked about the Clint Capella trade. I remember yeah, you I were like, like when fuck? that happened, you were like, what the fuck? It's like, I just don't get it. Like, it's a small ball. I hate it. I hate it. As a, as a Warriors fan, I'm not going to lie. It has been kind of enjoyable to watch the, uh, the Rockets just shoot themselves in the foot again and again God. when they had, they had the formula. Such, they had the formula and they had the people. Mm-hmm. The first couple times, like they actually not was it wasn't last year. It was a uh, two years ago when the Rockets played the Warriors. I was like, I think the Rockets got the Warriors number this year, and they 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 had the team, but the Warriors just pulled it through. Yeah, Chris Paul got injured. 
It wasn't that too, but oh. like it, it was it was that, but it was like you said, the rebounding. Yeah, when the, you're not getting the rebounds, you gotta have a dog on the board. Like the only like our best rebounder is PJ Tucker. He's like what six six ten maybe. Yeah. Well, you six, look at, 90, probably six nine. If you look at the Bulls when Jordan was on, what made what was part of that team that made the Rodman? Bulls Rodman, like, that guy was the best defensive player ever in the game. Yeah, he's sick. And yeah. yeah. That guy was great on the rebounds. He had the ability to know where the ball was going as it came off wherever. He knew he before it even moved. He just had that natural ability to be like, oh, the ball's going to... And he would just move well, to where the ball was going. Doesn't it. he have five Defensive Player of the Year awards? Yeah. Now, isn't it funny to really think about Dennis Rodman as like in the... Ca- and step back from basketball for a second. You can really make the case that he's like a modern-day folk hero. Yeah. And a yeah. Lot, and a lot of... Different, a, a diplomat... To North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is wild. Very forward thinking on the whole gender bending thing. Yeah. Yep. Gender identity. Very forward thinking on that degenerate drunk in the middle of an NBA season well, thing. And then, and then, uh, or the NBA championship. Yeah. Well, one second, guys. I go help out the NWO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm talking about Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Yeah. Right, I know we're busy trying to win this sixth ring, but I can go dominate the wrestling world for a second. Come back. Banging Carmen Electra. Mm-hmm. Where the, amongst others, pro, yeah, Madonna, probably a whole goddamn line full of people. Who knows? But what a folk hero that guy! I want He should get. He should get his own series. <laughs> he really should. <laughs> he, should. he really should. Not yeah. the last dance, but just like something like maybe, maybe a four parter. But he yeah, was on ba- the Bad Boy Pistons and, and he the was Bulls. The guy in that yeah. team. That's he what's just, wild. He was all like young and bushy eyed and all shit. And that thirty for thirty on the bad boys is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Did you guys watch the last one that came out? The uh, the Sosa McGuire. Uh, no, no, I I, I, I canceled my that. cable halfway through the Lance Armstrong thing. The what? The Lance Armstrong one that was right after uh, the the Bulls documentary. Yeah. Or did they do one before Lance Armstrong? Mm, I don't know. I never really. I, I don't think Lance. so. Yeah, there was a t- two part Lance like fucking snooze fest cancel. So I canceled my my uh, that's fair. cable. But yeah, that, that that's I'm a Cubs fan. And I and I've, I just want to see. It's like they had Sammy Sosa, and that's it. Yeah. How do you get? How do you have a guy that hit fuck sixty home runs and still With, suck? We, yeah. Well, that's what that's what's insane about baseball. The National League, they are just f- straight fucking their players and their statistics by having an easy out like once in the lineup with the pitcher like position. Why? Why? Either have it the same for both. Or, or I actually like it. I like the small ball thing in baseball. Yeah, it's more of strategy. It's I I, I make I'm why make like pitchers swing because when you have a pitcher like Madison Bumgarner or Zach Greinke who can go in there and actually hit, <laughs> yeah, they it, can bat two hundred. Really, it's awesome. Carlos Zambrano, Big Z, the Astros. I coming. hated his guts. <laughs> that was my most hated team in, in sports history or baseball sports history. The Jazz are the most hated in sports history. But I hated that that Cubs team back the when the Cubs were good and always fucking out the Astros. And okay, I I will leave on this story. This is a good story. My father is personally responsible for Brad Lidge's career with the Astros being destroyed. Personally <laughs> responsible. Did he tell the fucking <laughs> Albert Pujols that was going to be a slider and crush no. it? No, you're thinking. You're see. Your mind. Is that's what crushed Lidge's career. No, no, no. That's not exactly what happened. No, because you'll remember before the playoffs started, his production started to dip, and this was the lat. It was the series. My before- dad put his air conditioning in, <laughs> fucked it all up. Oh wow. He hasn't had good AC <laughs> wow, in six see, months. I'm about to just kabosh the story now because you don't appreciate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, wet towel of a human being. 
<laughs> ruining all hilarity that might come. Hey, I might not be that good of a story. But yeah, it's, it's not going to be as good as your fucking the AC comment. That's for sure. Jesus Christ, Adam. <laughs> you know, it'll be better than any story you'll ever tell about the Astros. How about that? <laughs> let's, let's hear let's, it. Let's put it. In, let's put it in the, in the fucking movie. Just, just, just even this the preview of the story has been better than anything you've said for two hours. Let's hear it. That's better, this better be fucking gold. <laughs> okay. So what was the, what was the year they got knocked out by Pujols? Was it two thousand four? They didn't get knocked out. We won that series, but yeah, that's the no, one. No, that, it, it that's was, the one that destroyed Lidge's confidence. Uh, no, historically, if you were asked, any so. sports fan, no, we won really. that. We won that series because because it went to another game and we won. That's what's so was ironic about that. Was it was it, yeah? Year they, so it was all well, five. It was all five. Did not do well during the postseason. He got lit up all postseason. Yeah, and that started in that series before the postseason started because the Cubs and the Astros played. It was the final season or the final series of the year. Me and my my dad somehow cop tickets like right on the first baseline. We were right on the field, right? Mm-hmm. And we did a thing where we did the uh, invisible Cubs fans because mm-hmm. if we. If you wore Cub shit to Minute Maid, you get a lot of shit. You yeah. get a lot of drinks. Yeah, we used to be divisional rivals. We, well, yeah, we we had ice thrown at us every now and then. Of course, my dad may or may not be kind of a prick when it comes to baseball games. <laughs> <laughs> so we're there, and like it's a trip because like we're wearing like Roger Clemens jerseys, and we're like cheering for the Cubs, so people are fucking confused. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like let's go, Lee, come on, let's go. <laughs> so I think the Cubs are up like by one run. And so they bring out Lidge, and whenever they do that, they fucking, uh, I think, let the bodies hit the floor. Or it was either that or Enter Sandman. Yeah, some hype song. Yeah. Yeah. And the fucking lights go down, and they they bring out the cart and shit, and he, like, walks out, and they got the... I think it was... Now, I remember, like, wasn't it Triple H's theme song? Wasn't that, time to play the game? Yeah. And, like, he was Motorhead, and he'd walk out there. And, like, I remember just being dead quiet. Dead quiet. Packed stadium. And like the, he's he's lining it up for a, a he's trying about to throw it. It's one of them heaters, man. Just about to throw some up. And my dad just says something. You'll never get him out, Lidge. Just something real basic. And like he threw a wild one. He he turned the first base. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and he, I audibly shook him, and I was like, what is going on? Because like people started staring at my dad. Like they shut the fuck up. What are you doing? And every time he goes about the pitch, he says something else. He says something else. <laughs> and then he puts two guys on fucking base, and he like and they didn't even hit. The Cubs ended up winning that game, and it was basically because it was Liz blew the sla- save. Mm. And ever since then, the the ball started to roll. <laughs> it got nudged in the right direction. It was the butterfly effect, if you will, mm-hmm. and then it led to that Albert Pujols home oh, run. Man. Oh, we were talking about like baseball is insanely mental. And then he didn't yeah. recover until that Phillies, uh, the perfect out. season he had yeah, with the Phillies, yeah. literally didn't really blow a perfect season, didn't blow a single save that yeah, whole season. Yeah. Fucking horse shit. If only my dad was at the, one of those games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, goes, he got into his gang. Got into his head, man. Put that guy on the payroll. Yeah. So yeah, the Invisible Cubs fans, we got one for you. All Fuck right. the Cubs. That's fair. <laughs> Adam's still bitter. <laughs> Knock him on a trash can, baby. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I had a blast. Patrick. Thanks for having me on. This Mark. was a blast, and yeah, I'll definitely be seeing more of you at Secret sure, Group man. and other places. Uh, any shows you're doing in the next couple of weeks? You want to sh- do a shout I'm doing, out for? Uh, I'm going down to Comics Live in Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. uh, June 27th. Okay. Uh, let's see, and then I got um, got a couple things in the works. Just nothing. What else? Nothing on top of my head. Okay. I might be. Uh, oh, I'm doing Darwin's Pub tomorrow. This will be out. Yeah, yeah. Be, yeah. And wow. then, uh, yeah. I think that's really all I got cooking but right now. People can find you on Facebook, Instagram. Oh, yeah, for sure. Find me on uh, Facebook at Patrick Eady, and then also at Instagram, same name, Patrick Eady, E A D Y. Uh, I guarantee you, my Instagram has the best landlord content. 
<laughs> the only <laughs> landlord. You gotta copy. find a niche, and you just gotta fucking exploit it, baby. So yeah. come check me. He's out. actually he's got you. he's got little copycats popping up uh, in a the couple, comedy yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Rents do, baby. Rents do. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, man. A blast. Thanks of course, yeah. Thanks, Adam. So thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. Like they should. They're over here just shooting three pointers like some goddamn fairies and not getting in the paint and rebounding.